cake makers. Hello, and welcome to the Salacast on Saturday, September the 5th, 2020. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. With only half the windows open. And Robert Kemp. With no windows open. Gasp. I'm locking myself in. The train is still outside my window. Only the one, well, one of the two trains that was outside my window all day is still out there. The other one's left. The one which had its engine on for like <laughs> two hours, just idling. All day? What are they doing? Well, it's some kind of track right? destruction by the looks of it. Oh, maintenance. Yeah. So Maintenance of way. But it was weird that like, way. The, the one that's just a bunch of containers that I can see that's just sitting out there on the drain and on the rail and has been since like, the middle of last night that one's just been there you know this whole time completely off apparently but then this other random train just casually pulled up directly opposite my window and just sat there for like two hours we were idling great well like, like the diesel but, ones they're really loud aren't they yeah and it's like there's no reason he had to stop there i mean i guess it's just like you know it's just like any other bit of track but <laughs> but why there specifically you think if they have to do this for every bit of track, it's going to take forever? Well, they've already there was the actual maintenance train came through the other night, so this one that's sitting here right now, the one that's sitting here right now on the side of it says it's a tube maintenance train, so I don't know what it's doing here. <laughs> oh, weird! What like the London? Yeah, underground. That is what it says. That's weird. Is it like super low so they can fit through tunnels? No, it just looks like a regular. It looks like it's probably maybe concrete or gravel because it looks like the ends of the containers have like chutes that can deploy. Right. So maybe. Oh, for yeah, okay, for deploying ballast onto the tracks. Yeah, maybe. Maybe mm. it's not actually actually tube specific. Maybe it's just a generic trade that they use for the tubes as mm. well. Weird. You'd th- You'd so they wouldn't fit. I don't know. Doesn't it use a different gauge of track as well? No, it well, is I mean, some of the tube gauge, lines are outside as well, mm. so they could be doing that, those bits of the tube network, I guess. I think I don't know if the ones in the did the deep level tube are standard gauge, but the normal, the subsurface ones are standard gauge. I think. So maybe it's yeah, maybe it's for those. Maybe it's for the, like the subsurface lines. Hmm. But they're blocking your track, which is the main line from Norwich to London, what, all day? Well, yeah. It's, I mean, they do occasionally do this, where it's just like on a weekend, it will just close, essentially. Normally That's replacement they do, service. Normally right, they yeah. do slightly more active maintenance than this, which is where just a train has been parked. <laughs> where should we leave this train? Ah, oh, right next to Zach's window. <laughs> I don't know how long it is. It's like, where, where is the actual end of this train? You haven't gone and looked. Well, I doubt you'd be able to see it if it's like even slightly, mainly because there's that curve in one direction on the railway. You wouldn't even be able to see it if it was further into town. Did they get rid of that insane um, crossing? (laughs) Which one specifically? The the stupidest one that that was like, I don't know, not the, that doesn't even have. The grounding one. Yeah. We need a grounding one. The one where they had the grounding risk signs. There aren't many of those in either. Well, there's only there's the crossing, at the bottom, just like right next to us, and then there's also Gypsy the foot, lane. footpath and the crossing. The foot one, yeah, I meant the foot one. Is that still there? 
I don't know. I think they were meant to close it. But doesn't seem safe. <laughs> it's the same. They're in the same situation as with the actual crossing. That's also not actually an actual crossing because that's already been closed to everything but foot, foot traffic for ages. Where oh, like, right. they Can can't close. They can't anyway. actually close those because it's like a right of way. So they have to right. either build a bridge or a tunnel, and they have been having constant meetings about do we do this as a bridge or a tunnel but we don't want to do a tunnel because it's hella expensive and <laughs> so right, we're going to yeah. keep telling you that we're going to make a bridge but then everyone will object to making a bridge because it's hella ugly it's super ugly at the bottom of gypsy lane right yeah yeah i mean you need to be able to cross there though as a on foot anyway well yes you legally need to be able to cross there yeah <laughs> rights of way in in need market <laughs> Very specific local knowledge. But like they I'm pretty sure they did already close the pure footpath crossing, the one further up. That no one that's ever used was, anyway. That's <laughs> what I was wondering. We barely used it and we lived right there. Well, like, it was well like we used it out of like comedy essentially. Curiosity like, basically. <laughs> it's not even really convenient in any oh, of good. our actual routes or anything. It was the thrill of the danger. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, it didn't go anywhere or come from anywhere, really, that one. When was that useful? I don't think it is. Well, I mean, technically, technically, mm. if you were coming from town along the, on the in, inner side of the river, going all the way out to the actual crossing is technically like a U-turn. You go out and then come back to our house. So technically using that footpath crossing was a very, very marginally shorter route. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Hmm. Shorter to where? I don't understand, because the other side of it was just fields, right? There was nothing over there other than... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you were walking if along you were that, on side that side of the side, river... Yeah. Because hmm. if you were walking on the other side of the river, you'd have to go all the way up to the bridge anyway, which is equal distance to the level crossing. So that that one that side doesn't save you any time. Pointless bridges. Yep. Yeah. Maybe I we'll get a pointless bridge. bridge. <laughs> the thing about them constantly arguing about building a bridge or a tunnel is like where are you gonna build a bridge? That's the actual problem. It's gonna be hella ugly wherever they do it, but how are you even gonna fit a bridge? <laughs> a footbridge though? Or yeah. does it have to be a full on No, it's only a footbridge. Oh, that's probably okay. I mean they've got quite uh, they must have like fairly modular ones for putting on like rural train stations. Yeah, but whatever. there's no actual like space because you have to have yeah. a really long, shallow staircase essentially. Except probably you might even have to have ramps. They <laughs> might have to be to wheelchair accessible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they don't, and they do one of those old school ones, you know, that they're quite compact, aren't they? Because the stairs are quite quite steep on yeah. those old school ones. But again, that's where everyone's like, no, that will be hella ugly. And it'll not, look not not accessible. Just make it in the old school way, and then it will look vintage. But I don't understand what the big problem with the tunnel is, apart from you know expense. Because like the way that level crossing is already set up, it's like it's a mound essentially because the rail is a lot raised. I guess it depends if there's any kind of like I don't know main like main lines or pipes or electricity stuff underneath it. I guess that need to reroute a bit. There are other tunnels under that railway in town so what like the the one for cows or whatever yeah. <laughs> that's too low for humans but we still use it yeah yep classic 
and you know the one at the lake the actual road tunnel <laughs> right yeah <laughs> that's bad for cars because of that turn <laughs> that's a different and problem bad, <laughs> not... and bad for lorries that can't read all the signs leading up to it that say don't come this way <laughs> but they fixed that problem when they put in all the extra signs that are like stop using your sat nav you idiots I mean did they does that happen much I suppose I'm not, I'm not that way it used to happen a lot yeah, I, I don't think it's happened for quite a long time. But who would go up there anyway, realistically, nowadays? It's I mean, not it's straight as... off the A14. It's like that's where the lorries would think is the shortest route. Not really, though, because that whole route is an awkward bit of, like... Even the off-ramp off the main road is like this weird elongated thing where it doesn't join back in immediately or whatever. It's weird. You are joining us for part of our sleep therapy program. Yep. If you're still awake, well, we've got to get the regular boring stuff out of the way because I mean, what else has been going on in lockdown? That's <laughs> the lockdown. thing. Let's get to the exciting stuff. <laughs> no crickets. <laughs> Even the even the Belgian Grand Prix wasn't all that interesting. You know, it's Belgium. That's a great Grand Prix, normally. Oh, yeah, there was something I did want to mention about... Well, it's not really even that, you know, unusual or interesting, I suppose. But, like, I wanted to... I kept thinking about this and forgetting about it, but on, that, on the other podcast a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned how they have fake football crowd noise and right, how, yeah, yeah, how yeah, it was, yeah. like, weirdly well done. <laughs> Maybe from FIFA or something. Yeah, like stolen technology. But then I also watch some cricket, and they have fake cricket crowd noise, except it's totally shit. <laughs> <laughs> it just plays the same background murmur the whole time, regardless of what's happening. Shit. <laughs> have you seen the stuff they do? I mean, we may have talked about it here before, but you've seen the stuff they do for baseball, where they, they literally superimpose a fake a whole fake crowd. No. What, they photoshop After Effects in a whole crowd? Yeah. They're using like Unreal Engine or something to do like live crowd <laughs> insertion. Why? And also, I was right about the NBA taking place at Disneyland. <laughs> I actually saw the news, more news headlines about that. And it's like, oh yeah, they are locking themselves into, into Disneyland to, to do the whole season. <laughs> That's completely nuts. It's completely unnecessary as well. Although so, I have to what, admit, it's slightly weird watching from all over the country, like the the. the... Yeah, they're all. I, imagine... I mean, oh, that's... all of them are at Disneyland. Yeah, that's why it's necessary oh. for, for the NBA because it's like because it's the US and the teams come from all over the damn place. It's like, yeah, you, that's going to be a more risk of transmission or whatever. Huh? Shove them all in Disneyland. <laughs> do, do they have a nice rink? Is the NHL <laughs> going to go there? Is this just going to be like some weird sports capital after all this? No one else yeah. lives there. Only sports stars. I don't know what the NHL are doing. I haven't heard anything out of hockey. Do they like the teams live in appropriate areas of the park, like the Bulls <laughs> no. from Chicago, and they're in the like the Ice Queen world or something? No, they live in the, in the goddamn hotel. Oh, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> I was hoping there'd be some Disneyness to it. It'd be funny if they were at Alton Towers and they went to that Cadbury's hotel. I wonder it's not a room. hotel, is it? It's like a room, sorry. There's just one room that's like the Cadbury's room or something, and it's... Yeah, you, that player's not going to last a season. 
I mean, what they really need is like the Olympic Village, an Olympic Village, right? Presumably, which would be next to a stadium. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know actually how. Like when they say the Olympic Village, I don't actually know like how that works. Is like, is it literally a massive dorm where all the teams stay, or like the teams just have their own hotels, or like? No, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think it is like a massive dorm, isn't it? And not everyone's out. The other thing I learned the other day is like not everyone's out at the Olympics and stuff. Not everyone's there the entire time. A lot of people only turn up for their event and then get flown home. Oh right, okay. It's like so, so even though the like the opening ceremony is like here are all the athletes taking part, and it's like no, it's probably a a, a decent sampling, but a lot of them aren't there, and that's why because they're not there. There, maybe because the dorms aren't big enough. I don't know. Yeah, they probably rotate, I guess. The Olympics. I didn't catch any of it, but I imagine it would have been like the weirdest one would have been watching like British athletics and just seeing people run with no crowd. Mm, yeah, I was. <laughs> I need to go check that out because the, the audio must have been straight. You'd have heard, you've heard the audio of people running. Right. Well, only if they have mics for that, because presumably they normally <laughs> wouldn't mic that shoo. up. <laughs> 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 what the sound of shoes. Well, I don't know if they could like. Well, they obviously have close mics for some of the events, don't they? Like the event, like the um, shot put and discus and yeah, I guess vaulting, I guess. So I wonder if they just turn around. <laughs> But, uh, but I mean, even if they don't mic them up, you could probably just hear it in the background, like over the uh, enthusiastic. Unless the, you're, all you're hearing is announcer echo, like the the, the commentating isn't is, is like they're not doing it over the speakers of the stadium, but still they're loud enough that they get a little bit of echo, and all you're hearing <laughs> is and they're ahead, <laughs> giving information to all the other runners. Not that that's a problem in like high speed running anyway, because they can all see the big screen, <laughs> and that gives them a clue. Running. So, what's the current plan for the um, Olympics, the Summer Olympics? Like, are they going to do uh, Tokyo next year? Or I mean, at the moment, I think it's still on as normal, but a year late. Right. Okay. But we'll, we'll see, see how we'll see how that yeah. pans out. Yeah, even things like Gamescom news uh, are sort <laughs> of planning to do some sort of um, hybrid event next year, where they might open up to a smaller capacity um, and do some online stuff as well. So they're not really to even you know this is like a whole year from now, and they're sat there thinking, yeah, this we're probably not going to be ready for eventing quite yet yeah, by then. Could, could be. Yeah. Ooh, words. But while we're inside, we can play video games. <laughs> of which there's some there's some news. I heard. Some. N- news has happened. There's some. been some shows. Let us discuss such shows as has been on in remote world. Dem Demby shows, yo. Uh, well, right. What do we got? We got we got some. Um, we had a little Nintendo Direct Mini. There's two Nintendo Directs I'm going to mention here. I'm going chronologically, but there was a Mini. That was another um, third-party 
kind of thingy, Bob. The one that doesn't really count as a direct. Yeah, because it was it's, it's super short, and I I think it looked bad. Like honestly, like it's just like third party stuff for the Switch is starting to look kind of skank. Like there's not many get like this 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 direct had a had a whole montage basically where every game had a terrible frame rate. Yeah, like pretty much every game, and you're just sitting there going, "Oh God, why are you showing this?" I know, like, you might want to have some content to be like, "Hey guys, buy games." It's but, true that the Switch hasn't actually been that good for third parties. Like, it's been I mean, amazing for for first party. Yeah, I guess because it, well, it's got a lot of. I think the store is, has the store is basically like has so much stuff on it on Switch, like it's yeah, an absurd yeah, yeah. amount of stuff. Um. And I think it suffers from, you know, the classic problems that, that some online stores have and that there's not a great deal of curation, I suppose, going on in Nintendo right now. And there's just like the doors seem wide open and everything's going in. And they um, made a store that is like barely functional, which makes it impossible to search or use for actually yeah, buying it, things. <laughs> it's like it's the, the store is actually one of the biggest letdowns of the Switch, right, in some ways, because it's like the Switch, the Switch UI, they actually did a much better job of this time than... I think the the Wii U at least because they, they it feels like they finally got the speed thing right. Like it's quite snappy to get around the, that UI, where it sometimes hasn't been on their devices that have a UI. Yeah. Um, and so they got that stuff right, but the store is still ridiculously slow. In fact, I think mm-hmm. the st- stores on like all the consoles are problematic. Like. Um, yeah, I agree. I think the, I think they're all a bit slower than they have to. The, the PlayStation, PlayStation one is store weird because is... it's basically a browser. It's and, pretty and, hard to use. Yeah, and the browser on PlayStation runs like garbage. Apparently, yeah. they do. They use the same store on PlayStation Three, and it's almost impossible to use because the, it can't handle it. Right. Uh, so that's kind of bizarre. Um, Xbox have actually recently made improvements to their yeah, store. Yeah, there's there was, a new there Xbox update. experience, isn't there? Yeah, there was a, there was a dash update that yeah. changed up a few things, and honestly, I think it's pretty positive. Like there aren't there aren't huge sweeping changes, but it's I mean it's better. It's not been in a good place for a while. Like in the I mean, it, it it's, looks it's been really, fine. Yeah, but exactly. It's, but it's like been a bit bland. sluggish. And, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it was it was. It was quick enough to get around some of its browsing pages, though, which I think is where some of the others yeah. let, let down. Like, it was quick enough to swap between, oh, I want to see what's just come out, and it would load that list pretty quick. But it had some usability issues around, oh, when you go to vid- visit a page, like, it will start auto-playing a trailer, but it will start playing it behind the UI, and the only way to actually watch the video is to scroll to the top and then let go of everything and hope that everything fades out so you can see what's going on. Yeah, it was garbage. Um, I think they've made some minor improvements to that. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, stores. Stores on consoles, apparently bad. Stores on Windows, Windows 10 store, I'm looking at you, also bad. That thing barely works. Anyway, Nintendo Direct. A um, <laughs> uh, couple of things to note. They, they they mentioned that Fuser, that harmonics game, I'm vaguely interested in, but have a problem with their price based on the drop mix tech, um, is coming to Switch. But it had a really awful promo video where they showed none of the game. And it's like the whole thing about that game is about mixing music together. And they had a voiceover that was there the entire time. She didn't hear any of the music. Garbage. What are you doing? Um, uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 was announced. But I really don't know what they could do more than Puyo Puyo Tetris 1. It doesn't look like much. 
it's out December 8th. Uh, and Crystal Chronicles, that remaster, came out. Oh, it's and out, it had, okay. Uh, and Zach and I will talk about that later on. Uh, Gamescom had its opening night live and some other stuff around the edges. I'm only going to pick out a few things from it because it was a long show, like a good two hours worth of stuff. Um, none of it particularly groundbreaking. They were doing, um, as Jeff Keighley himself pointed out, this event was as much about supporting existing running games mm. than it was about announcing new stuff. Like they're, they're, Most of Keighley's big announcement game is saved for the Game Awards. So he kind of got out ahead of it and was, and was like, hey, don't expect like earth-shattering news here. That's not what this is about. And sure enough, he was right. Um, I mean, we had some, some picks. Um, uh, Scarlet Nexus got a longer trailer. That was right. the thing that looked a little bit like anime Devil May Cry. Um, even more anime than Devil May Cry is, I guess. Uh, but they but made by Bandai Namco this time, I think, rather than Capcom. Uh, and actually, it was a decent trailer. Like, way better than what they showed us before, to the point where it's got me actually sort of looking at it going, all right, you know what, this is just looking on the good side now. So maybe someone else can have a stab at character action and make it good. That's not mm. platinum. Uh, we got um, a little tidbit of Dirt 5 information about some of what they're adding to that game. Um, they're adding an event maker system that looks a bit like Halo 3's Forge, but for track making. So you could make like st in, like little tracks inside the stadium setting, I think, or perhaps make some Jim Carner stages. And it's like, that's vaguely interesting. Tell me about the rally. <laughs> what are you doing with your rally generator? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Not, that's not what Dirt 5 is for. That's yeah. <laughs> no, but, but that's where the rally generator was. Tell me about that. Is, does it still have it? <laughs> well, they need to put that into Dirt Rally 3 instead. Do you think they would, yeah. though? I don't know. I, yeah, I've got no idea. Uh, if you want another example of a game that looks bad on Switch, Jurassic World Evolution. They're releasing a Switch version of it. It looks bad. Like, just doesn't run well on... <laughs> no, I don't think that game ran well on PC, really. Right. I mean, not like, you know... Well, the Planet Coaster it? engine doesn't run spectacularly well on low hardware. <laughs> no, I guess not. I mean, it ran okay when we did the video of it, but... Sure. <laughs> but this machine's all right compared to a Switch. Yes. Uh, not bad-mouthing the Switch too much. It's just like, oh, just maybe not port so many of these games that aren't suited to it. Well, um, you know, they already put City Skylines on there, so everyone else was like, wait, <laughs> City Skylines is on there, why not our, our management game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can do this now. Uh, we got a look at the um, open, an, a, an early cinematic from uh, Cod Blops. Co what, how do we pronounce this? Cod Block Cows? Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Cod Blops Cow. Um, and they they were talking about it. Like, it looked like it's it's set in between the events of Black Ops One and Two, mm -hmm. um, which isn't that hard because Black Ops Two is like in a future setting. Um, and uh, I mean, it, it looks like they're trying to go back to. But that's a weird thing to do, right? Because One and Two kind of walk into each other in a strange way. The stories are very closely connected, so going back in time to try and shove something in the middle just so you can reuse your old characters seems a bit odd. 
I don't know. Yeah, then who cares? Call of Duty stories, am I right? Um, I felt they can pry then, open some some yeah, holes and some, do some stuff. Well, some Black Ops stuff. Declassified. Some uh, anyway, they're saying some yeah. Mason. Yeah, there's definitely some Mason. There's definitely some Woods. Um, and they're uh, they're they they they, they say they're going to return to a more of a COD Lots Two style, which is actually exciting because that's the one that played the best for me. I've always sure. thought COD Lots Two was the pinnacle of the series. Um, yeah, people are into that. Uh, you know, even even through this whole generation, I don't think they. I haven't played all of them, but you know, I played Advanced Warfare, I've played Warzone, I've dabbled in Black Ops Four, uh, things like that. And it's just you know, none of them really struck a chord. Um, yeah, whereas Box Two was a pretty damn damn fine experience. Damn strong. So yeah, maybe something to look forward to. Yeah, uh, potentially cool. But potentially cool. Um, is that Sam on the uh, new consoles then, or what's the deal with? Cold I don't War. think they've explicitly said, but I would assume it would have to be, right? Yeah, I guess everything at the moment is going to be cross-gen, though. is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd imagine something like that. Mm. It's, you know, yeah. I can't remember if was it was Advanced Warfare. Yeah, Advanced Warfare was the first one they did that was export. Oh, it was Ghosts, right? Yeah, Ghosts was the cross-gen Ghosts. one right. that came out the same year as the new consoles. Yeah, so they'll probably do that. Uh, Sam and Max, they're back in a VR experience. Are they hitting the road? <laughs> there was well, the car was shown, but they, and they were standing on a road, but they weren't necessarily hitting it. Okay. What? There was no, I mean, who's I don't, got, think, I don't uh, think they were driving or moving. Or who's like. got the license now? Because it was Telltale after, right? I guess after LucasArts. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who have it now. Tell. That's a weird one. I feel like Sam and Max can probably stay in the past. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like one of those things that it might be possible to modernize, but also maybe right. keep the style. Maybe. maybe. But lean harder into it. Like, like, some, like make the jokes sharper and somehow edgier, but also make it feel more noir. I think cartoon noir can still be done. Oh, well, the real question is how dumb is the VR experience? Because <laughs> I mean that people like the Rick and Morty the, thing. Yeah, people thought the Rick and Morty one was like all right for what it was, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. It wasn't like really a game, of course, because it's an experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, uh, no, yeah, I get. Uh, it's unclear. It didn't really show gameplay. This thing. It was just kind of like, hey, Sam and Max. You remember this <laughs> Maybe that is the experience. Go and, go and stand around in the vicinity of Sam Max and then they'll say things at you. <laughs> <laughs> full of that is like 50% of the game, I guess. Go get run over by a bus and they, and they won't care. Sam and Max. Uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah. We got a single player look this time round. Woot. And... As they you said, know, when when this kind of game was popular, <laughs> escort missions, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, that I mean, was a classic part of, uh, of any space sim yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, not as annoying as like escort missions in other games where you're kind of trapped by the environment and they you're kind of trying to kite them around. <laughs> at least in at least in space, there's loads of space. What's the 
I mean, it's got one of those storylines where you're playing both sides of the conflict, and they weren't clear whether it was two separate campaigns or whether it was one campaign that it's timed. Yeah, um, I mean... Uh, like, So does this mean... Okay, place bets on the storyline now territory where it's like, oh, well, the, uh, they somehow realize their goals align and work together. No, 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 because they, they did that in the stupid Battlefront 2 story and everyone hated it, right? I think that the Imperial... Because you, you play as Inferno as Squad Imperial, or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but obviously you turn good, which is bullshit. I don't think <laughs> they'll do that again. Is it? Well, that theme has been running through Star Wars a little bit, hasn't it, at the moment? Yeah. Well, maybe. maybe. I mean, everyone loves TIE Fighter because, like, you're a super badass Imperial, and in the final mission, you get to be Darth Vader's wingman. Yeah, boy. Anyway, that was cool. Everyone likes that. Keep that. Yeah, still cautiously optimistic. It's it's made, been made, made even better by the knowledge that it's not a full price title. And I think that's a good yeah. thing because it means like the barrier to entry and then walking away from it disappointed is lower. <laughs> I really think the kind of power slide move thing looks super cool. I hope it yeah. feels. I hope it feels good, and isn't the whole cut cut yeah. engines and turn thing? Didn't Free yeah. Space do that as well? Uh, well, not quite to this degree, I don't think. Um, because it because that is the problem with all of those games, including Free Space, is the kind of circle of death where you're just spinning around and around trying to get a shot on the other person who's doing the same thing so yeah. at least with this it's like you have to have boost and then you cut the engines after a boost and then you can do a slide and then you can point your guns not the way you're moving <laughs> sounds mm. cool and it looks cool in all the footage i've seen so if it if it actually works well then uh, i think that could be super awesome yeah, skipping ahead a little bit, that's kind of what Chorus looks like as well, because they showed some footage of that, and it, looked, it's, it seems third person, for one, oh, yeah. you're, you're playing from outside the ship, um, but yeah. it seems pretty fast, and there seems to be quite a lot of sort of like, you, you t- and drift a bit, take a quick shot, and then and then you're traveling again. Like, But it was, it's more like car drifting than it is like space drifting, where you right. just be able to freely turn around and keep going. It looked, it looked like you, you turn, but your momentum changes as, you, as you're turning. Yeah, kind of thing. It's like there's no way it just drift, but that's that's just how it looked to me anyway. There might there might be more than that, but it looked yeah, it looked it looked very arcadey. But maybe that's what some space shooters actually need. You know what I mean? Just a bit of speed and a bit of doesn't have to be all simmy. Of course, uh, but we're not done with Star Wars because The Sims Four is getting a whole side story about Star Wars. <laughs> Naturally. Which finally, after all this time, managed to piss off the Sims 4 fans. <laughs> oh, really? After all these DLCs that they've been shitting out for all this time, this is the one where people are like, no! <laughs> <laughs> well, is it because they want Sims 5, or they just don't want more random shit? Or maybe they just don't like Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know. So, we what's the deal? so hard to avoid this, and now it's here. <laughs> Well, there's like a whole like I don't know how these these DLCs work in The Sims, but like aside from having a whole batch of stuff you can just chuck in your your lives, you can um uh, there's there's like these little sub stories, these are almost like mini campaigns in them, or, or what it looks like, where you can go visit places and go do things and then come back and tell the stories to your housemates. I don't know, they they look kind of strange, and that's it's not the first time they've done these. 
Uh, I don't know how like excursions or any of that really works in The Sims, but anyway, yeah, it just looked kind of bizarre. What I, what I really want is to bring back um, Admiral Akbar and just have him as a housemate. <laughs> and then electrocute him and hear him say it's a trap in Sindlish. That would be great if if you know you took <laughs> away all the all the all the doors from the room and he's like, it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much how much speaking there will be. Are we going to get Simlish Darth Vader? <laughs> well we they didn't really show any like lead characters. Yeah, so maybe it, it, it was just like become a shitty stormtrooper for a while. Trapper. <laughs> Like, I don't know. How does Simlish work? <laughs> Slurp a, <laughs> Slurp a I haven't heard Simlish for so long. Booty slurped. I don't know. Uh, 12 minutes. Do you remember anything about that? Was that indie title, that top down indie title, yeah. set in a room and uh, set about With a guy in a time loop? And it's, yeah, yeah a, a nasty thing happens in the room, and because you're replaying it, you can change the events theoretically. Mm. That thing's still coming, still looks cool, but now it's got an A list cast, including James McAvoy, Willem Dafoe, and they announced another name that I can't remember off the top of my head. Apologies. Um, okay, that's but, good. But hey, it's got a good cast. That game is looking, looking awesome. Um, uh, more Star Wars news now. Um, Lego Star Wars is back. Yay. Again. Like, they're doing the entire saga again. Again. But now but now it's all nine films of the main saga. I guess. The Skywalker saga, they're calling it. Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Right. Um, but it doesn't look like a, like a remake, I suppose. Say. They're not revisiting. They are, it's like it's a, well, it's a remake in the sense that it's a completely new game. Like they're not using the old material. It's not a remaster of the previous Lego Star Wars. This, 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 they're, they're just like, what if we did this again? <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> We'd we, make we even sounds, more money if we did this yeah, again. <laughs> which sounds lazy in some respects, but it's got the new Lego style of slapstick. Whereas if you think about the originals, it had no voice work and things yeah. like that. It was, it was pure... Um, well, pure slapstick, you know, old school style, and um, uh, and now they've actually got the you know, the new Lego comedy style um, with voice work and all that stuff. It looked pretty good, gotta say. <laughs> it looked all right. It's kind of sad in a way that Traveller's Tales turned into just doing, yeah, even uh, though they're really good. <laughs> I mean, it is, yeah, but you know, I think it's fair to say that Traveller's Tales now isn't going to be the same Traveller's Tales. A no. Years ago. Where they it was just basically that one guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they lost those Vikings a long time ago. Mr. Coding Secrets guy. Game Hut. That's it. That's his channel anyway. I can't remember his name. Sorry, dude. But you're a legend. I stand by Sonic 3D. It's fine. It's a good game. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, and that's kind of it, really. We got a... Um, uh, we got a longer look at Ratchet and Clank, I suppose, was the last thing, which was basically the sequence they showed uh, last time, but uninterrupted this time. So you got to see the whole opening sequence um, up to, you know, the female Lombax, which they still haven't told us anything about, other than that she's there. Uh, but they dropped a little bomb at the end of that by saying it's coming out in PS5's launch window, which is way earlier than anyone expected. What? It's really? Like, yeah. Yeah, 
Like, they, like this was implied to be like, oh, yeah, we're kind of busy on that Spider-Man thing right now, and we're just sort of working on this as well. And it's like, no, no, this is this is pretty much nearly done. Interesting. Well, that I, I, and uh, something about this look at it. Maybe it was just something about the feed from the PlayStation Five event or something like that. But there's like watching this uninterrupted stream. I'm kind of more on board with it now than I was before. Hmm. Like I don't know, it looked it looked it looked pretty fun. <laughs> the topiary sprinkler like looked pretty pretty neat. It basically it's just an area that freezes people, but it does so by watering them and turning them into hedges. What's not to love? <laughs> What's not to love? Topiary. Uh, so that was ONL, and all my picks from it anyway. Uh, what else we got? Let's talk about Nintendo's other Direct. I like two-thirds of Direct. <laughs> I'll give them that much. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit longer than their other ones. Well, it, was about, it was about an actual Nintendo product. <laughs> yeah, it was specifically the Mario 35th Anniversary Direct, which yeah. is a bit weird in itself, because isn't Mario... Like technically thirty six, didn't the Japanese release come out a year earlier? Technicality. And aren't we also like halfway through the year that would have been the thirty fifth year? Yeah, I mean that too. Yeah, it still counts. It's no year of Luigi. <laughs> what is? <laughs> the year of Luigi never ended. How about a game and watch that plays Super Mario Brothers? Slightly interesting for being like. A full color liquid crystal display. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's it's basically a, a like a DS that they crammed into a Game and Watch instead and made you play Super Mario Brothers on it. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, it's probably that sort of screen, isn't it? It's probably some cheap leftovers they had hanging about. <laughs> Maybe, but you want to see it, you like. You don't want them to just use any old screen. You want them to make it make it look as close to a real <laughs> Game Watch screen as possible. You've got to have a ghost of every possible animation frame <laughs> laid out on the screen beforehand. <laughs> I mean, it does have... That is the one... Like, Even though it's a, they call it a Game & Watch, it's basically, it's playing the NES version of, of yeah. Super Mario Bros. And Super Mario Bros. 2, The Lost Levels, I think, is on there as well. Um, uh, but it did have Ball... Which was like the game? Was it the first Game and Watch game to have Mario in it? Was that? I, it was one of them anyway. Which okay. is like the ju- the juggling LCD game. So it's got it's got at least a Game and Watch game. And it's a bit of a shame that they didn't try and put the others in. To be honest, I'm pretty sure maybe was it was there more than one that had Mario in it? I, I mean, no, I, honestly, depends, I honestly can't remember. But depends on how specifically you want to say that it's definitely Mario <laughs> and not Mr. Game and Watch. Well, no, I meant because there's like that. There's the one with the cakes or pies, right? Where they're right. on the two sides of the conveyor belt. I think that one was sort oh, there of was, Mario. There was one about yeah. You had to there, there, there was a conveyor belt game where was, yeah, you're, you're moving up and down on the left and right sides, and it started off as just a platform, and then one guy puts a crate on it, and then another guy put the guy goes back to the guy on the left, and they put some bottles in it, and then it goes back to the other side, and they put more bottles in it, and then it gets packaged again, and then it gets shipped into a yeah, and then someone had to throw it into the van, so you're juggling the left and right sides to do that. Which presumably sounds like a very similar concept to the one where you're taming a lion. Yeah, Game & Watch. Would have been nice to put more Game & Watch in it, but they wouldn't, they'd, I guess it wouldn't be Mario. 
Um, it has a watch. I mean, you know, I mean, that's kind, of the, that's kind of the coolest thing about this, I think, actually, is the Mario clock, and just to put that somewhere and leave it running. <laughs> well, sure, but how how well would that run is the real question, because it's not going to be nearly as energy efficient as an actual game watch. <laughs> I think probably not, though. You could have a clock yeah, that stays on for like... three hours. We <laughs> could probably plug it in if you were going to use it like that. They didn't really talk about how this thing actually works. Plugs in, right? Or does it? Well, it's got a charge, right? So it's probably got a USB C charger or something. Or is it battery powered in some way, or are the batteries replaceable? They didn't mm. talk about any of that. <laughs> probably not. It's probably going to be just. Well, it's probably just the DS battery again. <laughs> just a. Might not even be a USB-C, might be an annoyingly special cable. <laughs> hmm. Quite probably. Uh, so there's that. They are re-releasing uh, Super Mario 3D World, finally. As we sort of expected, they probably would. Um, but it's Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, whatever that is, because they didn't show anything about it. Well, they showed a weird. They showed a level, thing. I guess. <laughs> well, they showed a cat looking at a statue. It's like I don't think that tells us anything. <laughs> but that's cool that there's new content for that. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a shame that they're, they're they're doing a Nintendo though, and that it's coming out at fifty pounds. You know, for for one for one game that's quite Standard. old at this point in time, but that is a very Nintendo thing to do. Yep, but it's called Plus. <laughs> That's, that's where that's where they get the price back up to full price. <laughs> you take the how old how you take the old game, which would have been at a reduced price, and you put a plus on it, <laughs> and it goes back up to full price. Barely have to do anything to it is the other thing. It's not like it's like it might have a minor up res, and that's it. Ugh. They have to take out uh, all the Miiverse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if it, what what it would have had. Um. Uh. Super Mario 35 looks weird and is weird for a number of reasons. Like, it's they're taking the Tetris 99 formula and throwing Super Mario Brothers at it, right? Um, and it's what is this like a free game if you are on the service for if you've some got limited switch period? on if you've got switch online, yep, yeah, you will have free access to it. But that, yeah, as you say, the limited period is the weird yeah. thing about this, right? Tetris 99 was, yeah, you just get it, go. Um, this has a lifespan that they're already planning, and it's not a very long one by the look of it. Like, I think they said it was going to cut out in like March next year. Hmm. It's the year of May, <laughs> not a whole year of May. Yeah, I mean that's just a that's a weird decision at the best of time. Like, let it live its own life, and if you have to kill it, kill it. That's fine. But like, I don't, I don't imagine Tetris ninety nine will still be being played in twenty years time. Right. Well, I, I think like. This one, the Mario 35 one, makes less sense than the other thing that they said is going to have a limited lifespan that we're about to come to. Well, yeah, that, that <laughs> one's even weirder, and they don't, it's really unexplained. Um, but first, let's take a little detour to... I'm going to talk about Sega for a second. Now, hear me, <laughs> hear me out. Sega used to run this, like, uh, attraction... Uh, in Japan, where you could uh, race other players, but you were actually controlling real RC cars with cameras fitted to them. You'd sit down in a driving cabinet, uh, a little bit like a Daytona machine. Um, 
and race these real cars, which was pretty great because you know the spectators had had, had, a, yeah. had, a, had a nice thing to watch as well as the players, and it was there was an air of realism for everything. Yeah, it's a it was a cool thing, way ahead of its time because it was done using crappy technology. Um, wouldn't it be good if they brought that back? Well, they sort of have with Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, sort mm. of. It's like, it's, uh, what a bizarre thing this is. So you can buy Mario Karts with cameras in them. Yep. And then race them around your living room with a live feed going onto your Switch, which your is then Switch. doing AR stuff to superimpose a track around your living room with enemy drivers and things like that. And it's multiplayer as well, so you can have multiple other carts driving around this track in real life mm. while the track is AR. Um, but, you know, you're up to you to add your own obstacles and things in real life. Yeah. You could have some sick jumps. I wonder if it would deal with that or if it has to be a flat surface. Yeah, that's the question is, like, what can it deal with? Because it looked like you set out the course with those, like, cardboard, colour-coded uh, arches, right? Which mm. presumably it can track but then, but then they showed it like do like then they showed like a wiggly stuff yeah. yeah exactly they showed all that didn't they like a wiggly blood they, they laid out the out these four gates and they were like well you can go this way or you could go this way or you could make this bizarre looking thing or you yeah. could make one that looked like a car with like circles well the thing was like created crossovers and things like that and it's like okay the, but the it was all done on a flat surface the question is like how how many gates because like if it's limited to only those four then it probably isn't possible to make those like double loops and stuff yeah but if you could add as many gates as you need then that would work better or if there's some like i mean that could have just been representative of of like house rules essentially <laughs> you have to drive yeah. around the wheel because <laughs> so i'm sort of yeah. assuming that the software recognizes the gates and that's yeah. the main thing it's looking for but then well, presume... does it just do like dead reckoning from between well, the I mean, gates or well, i mean it's more than that because it was because it's rendering the track on screen it can do its own checkpointing right well, it is... you don't have the, che- the the gates themselves don't have to behave like the checkpoints that determine your position well i think they did show it... where you are on the course yeah, I think they showed that it, maybe it can actually do all the whole thing because it showed it very briefly of like how it detects the course because it shows it as like you you actually drive the course and it paints the actual like yeah, route absolutely. of the road. That makes right. perfect sense. Like you have to drive your if you drive your car in the perfect racing line first and it goes that's the middle of the road. Yeah. Then so why it, not? So you can theoretically do all those crossovers and loops and stuff with only four gates. The, the yeah. gates are just like purely checkpoints. But the question is, does it care very much about the road? Like, if you if you if yeah. you've driven this route and painted it in, does, does it like penalise you for going off it? <laughs> I would hope so. Is that how you make shortcuts? Well, maybe. Can make a shortcut for your racetrack. Yeah, like how how would it handle that? Like if you had to, if you'd driven a path where two bits of the of the path were really close together, could you just like jump across them <laughs> and have the game still not completely freak out because it because it's only worried about the gates, but it would still have to sort of re-render the track layout. Well, well, no, I guess it, it, if it's just fully positional. It only has to render the track layout once, and then it just moves the camera around. Essentially, it's not like live rendering the, the track as you go. Are we a little surprised this isn't a Labo kit of some description? I mean, it's clearly kind of, you know, spawned out of that whole kind of 
effort, right? That whole think tank, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't. I mean, it has to be like a specific thing, the cart, right, with the with the camera in it. Like, I don't know how they would make that a cardboard thing. No, I mean that's the thing. Like, you have to come with extra bits, but I guess you couldn't do it. And you know, I guess the shell of the cart could be made out of cardboard, and the thing that holds the camera up could be cardboard. But you still have to put the components in there somewhere. I guess they're just like, oh, we can sell plastic Mario carts now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is easier. This is what people want. This will make a better present. If it works, it's cool. I mean, I'm sure it'll be horrendously expensive and also impossible to get hold of because they'll be sold out immediately during lockdown. Sure. Yeah, it's a shame. This again, it's one of those announcements. It's like, ah, oh, it's a shame this wasn't like nine months ago, guys. You could sell out of that instead of Ring Fit, or maybe as well as Ring Fit. I've been getting several adverts on YouTube of like. The Nintendo Switch is now back in stock at Argos. It's like, wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> the sucks for them that they haven't had any stock for this long. Well, since when, though? Well, since presumably about March when it when Animal Crossing came out. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it was hard, hard to get hold of in the US as well, the Switch, for a while this year. Yeah. That, that, that Animal Crossing pushed systems, though. It was, yeah. it was bonkers. It probably would have pushed systems regardless of lockdown. True. But, you know, as, as it's been, as it's now now the case, lock, this year has been the strongest year of, of video games ever. Makes like in sense. Terms of, in terms of money making. Well, you know, it's a growth industry. It probably would have been that anyway. <laughs> probably. Uh, but let's talk about the main attraction. There, one more thing. Uh, Super Mario All Stars 3D, or is it Super Mario 3D All Stars? 3D All Stars, yeah. 3D All Stars. Uh, with Super Mario 64, Woo. Super Mario Woo-hoo. Sunshine, and Super Mario Odyssey. No, no, Galaxy. Not Odyssey, <laughs> Galaxy. No. I, I always do that. I don't know what it's Galaxy or Odyssey. I can't get right. Um, Galaxy 2 has been snubbed. As expected. <laughs> Just because they knew that it was basically exactly the same as Galaxy. <laughs> Is that yeah. why? DLC. No. I mean, DLC for a game that is only going to be available until March or something? Well, that's the bit I didn't understand about their announcement. Because, yeah, they said, like, there are an unlimited edition run will be available. And it's like, does that mean... Does that mean the game is limited? I doubt the game will be limited. The physical limited. copies of the game are limited. For some are going to be limited. Yeah. yeah, they're going to do that. But they seem to the same sentence seems to go towards the digital, and I wasn't quite sure if they meant there was going to be some limited edition version of the game. But then the store page has it up now, and it didn't, doesn't say that either. I'm very confused. No, it's about sort what of implied that you wouldn't be able to buy and download it after March next year, which is weird. But maybe they want another fifty pound yeah. release. But this one is like free games, technically. And uh, and technically, Sunshine and Galaxy have never been re-released before, at least. Uh, you know, other yeah. than the, if you count, unless you count the weird Chinese version of, of Galaxy that went on the Nvidia Shield. Yep, that's a legit thing. Um, yeah. You know, do what the work had already been done on Galaxy. This is a bit of a cheat. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, because this switch is an Nvidia Shield. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. 
Uh, and, you know, they'd already done the work to make that run at 1080p and things like that. Not that that's, again, much of an uplift, but it was like, you know, it's five. Actually, I suppose it is. It's like a full two times res update, isn't it? Like 540p up to 1080. Hmm. Um, and the UI enhancements needed. But, yeah, okay, let's talk about the quality, you think, of these. Yeah. Of, of what they showed. Because I've got to be honest, I'm a little bummed about really? I expected a bit more. Like okay, because like you don't want to change starters, the look of those games in any way. <laughs> right. I don't know. I think I kind of wanted a. Uh, I'd seen Super Mario sixty four as it is, for years. Right. Yeah, of I course. think I wanted that upres. I think I wanted mm. them to take the the modern Mario look and slap it over that game, and then have a toggle button. Well, that's what we always said. Was just like they should have just made hey, Mario sixty four in the Odyssey engine. <laughs> Halo anniversary yeah. style, or um, yeah, or the the new style, I guess. You know, whatever is their current thing that you know the current look that they've kind of had since Galaxy. I don't know. I think it, this is a nostalgia of release, obviously. Hence the name, I guess. Three D All Stars, yeah. or whatever. So, so like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, and it looks like they've done like, a tiny bit of work. There was some texture detail here and there that looked yeah. a little sharper than it did done before. A bit. Like, like Mario's eyes, for instance, they looked a little bit. Rounder, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, like the texture nice. they were using was sharper, uh, which makes sense. And they've obviously touched up the UI work because it would have looked garbage. Um, I think they're going for like what you think, what you remember it looking like, rather than what it actually hmm. looked like, right? <laughs> well, but then there are details that I don't think look right. For instance, like the snow effect has a very heavy black outline when they're showing the snowy levels, right? The snow falling, like it's not just like white flakes; it's white flakes with a black outline. It looks oh. odd. Um, and I'm not sure it looked right to me. Um, and I'm a bit disappointed they didn't try and 60 FPS the thing. That yeah. Could well just be a physics situation, though. I mean, it's, it, it is almost Probably. certainly an engine thing that the engine wasn't designed for it. Same with Sunshine. But it's like, come on, guys, put some effort in. Um, I've played Mario 64 a billion times. It's like, show me something new. Hell, put the DS enhancements in there. Christ, yeah, that's the, that is the slightly weird one, where it's like they did already technically make remake sixty four and add stuff to it and like completely change the flow of that game, even because you'd have like you start as Yoshi or whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, just have it as an option or something like to to you could have done you could have done more here. To, like that's that's the bit that's bothering me, and I I feel that what well, there's I feel that less about Sunshine simply because I. I think that game holds up a bit better, like in the visual department, obviously, because yeah. it's a little bit newer. Um, uh, but there's something about that art that still hang, that still holds up, and it doesn't need the texture update so much, and it doesn't need that. You know, the resolution bump's nice, but it still runs at 30, and I think it would have been nicer at 60, obviously. Um, but here's a, there's a weird little thing here. They made a point in that video about. Oh, and we've we've made it so it's now 16 by 9 compatible. And then you see the screenshots for Super Mario 64, and that is not full 16 by 9. It is still like pillar boxed, and it's like, mm, you hmm. lied. <laughs> so what what have they done for what, Mario 64? Um, yeah. I think it's a bit wider, but like it's not full 16 by 9 job. It's like as I say, I think they've only touched up. Um, bits of UI, like, you know, the text that's on screen and stuff like that. They probably had to do work on that to make that legible (laughs) and um, things like that. And they've they've, they've sharpened some textures for sure. But other than that, I'm really not sure. 
I mean, it's a hell of a game. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to mean Mario and 64 for not probably still being my favourite 3D platformer of all time, even given the fact that I've never finished it. <laughs> I mean, given that it came out 25 years ago, I think it's, <laughs> it's pretty good. You've never yeah. finished Mario 64. I've, n- I've never finished it. Well, you've got to get that 120 get to... stars. Or... <laughs> yeah, I, I always get to like the top tier of the cast and go, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you like it, though. Because you have played the really hard and annoying levels. Like Little, little Big Land or whatever it's called. Or... Little the clock. No, the oh, best... yeah, the clock. The best is when you're like you you have to get a hundred coins and then the the star appears, but it appears above you and you're on a slide or something and it's impossible to get to. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That's quite funny. And I saw a thing that I'm not I don't know if this is true, but I definitely saw a thing that suggested that they might have fixed the backwards long jump. Oh no, <laughs> speedrunners oh, are annoyed. Interesting. But who... Yeah, I wonder how many of the glitches are still in place because it's like it's a it's a pretty exploitable game. Yeah. Like a lot of N64 stuff was in fairness. But... but what if you can jump up through the wall in the stairs? <laughs> I'm, surely, surely if they fix the backwards long jump, they should have fixed that one because that's like a really, really more obvious like texture seam that you could just jump straight through. Yeah. Depends how much of a ground up job it really has been, you know. It doesn't seem like they've done that much. No, it? which I, which I think is, mm, I mean, it's it's fine, good. Like these games deserve. Just, a yeah, I, I want to um, play Galaxy. I didn't get to play it. I didn't have a Wii. Yeah, I didn't finish Galaxy either. I think I, I think a, Galaxy might be the one I got the least of the way through before I stopped playing. Um, not the, because it was bad. I, re- I really was enjoying my time, but I think it's just one of those things where I ended up playing other things and then sort yeah. of forgot about it. And I never touched Galaxy Two. Um, it's going to be super weird to have to control the cursor with the motion controls. Yeah, that's going to be. I mean, I a bit. Yeah, that's the one that might need the most work, actually, in some ways. Maybe so, it's not necessary to do that. But I mean, it never really was that necessary. It was more Star most of the time. Bits. Most of the time, it was just like a, a bonus thing. But I think I don't I think know it would whether be better that was... without the waggle. Well, I mean. The only thing the waggle was for was doing for the, the spin jump, right? Or the not really spin jump, the spin attack slash minor air jump thing that Galaxy yeah. had. But you did, I seem to remember doing it quite a bit. Well, sure, you do it all the time, but like <laughs> that really can just be a button press. That doesn't have to be a motion control. But waggle the a, aiming the cursor around definitely does need to be motion control in theory. But like. In a, now that it's not going to be a literal pointer, that'll probably make it quite awkward. <laughs> or maybe it won't. Maybe it will actually just work as well as, like, you know, Splatoon's aiming. <laughs> You'll just get completely used to it. Maybe. Yeah. Or, as you said, might not be necessary at all. Yeah, I don't really remember any specific things that you had definitely had to do the star bit shooting. Oh, well, apart from feeding the fat loomers but that, that's just like point and hold <laughs> that's not even that's not like aiming and you kept those totals didn't you but it's not like you had to build it up during a playthrough of a level and then feed the loomer you kept no. them between you could just yeah grind it i suppose and it wasn't like you know a billion star bits landed everywhere all the time <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, you could always get a second player to do it. Or well, maybe not any longer, I guess. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's that was that, really. It's um, hey, it's a shame it's got Nintendo pricing. Super weird if those limited time about those limited time things, but uh, you know, other than Mario Thirty Five and Mario Kart Live, it's just like okay, maybe maybe now was the time to have a some news about an actual new Mario game. I don't know. I'm feeling like it's time for a new Mario Kart, man. It's been ages since friggin' Mario Kart 8. But mm. I played it on the Wii U and the thing, and Mario Kart 8 still does gangbusters on the damn Switch, so they're probably under no pressure to do it. That's true. I mean, wow. they could. They did a bunch of DLC for that, didn't they? They could probably even do more. Mm. Yeah, they probably could. I don't think they did DLC for the Switch version, right? No. Deluxe, like, rolled in Just all of the DLC. Had all that in, yeah. And some more. Well, you know, as we keep saying, with Nintendo going to announce an actual thing, this is this is as close as they come. <laughs> it's two thirds of an yeah. actual thing. It kinda, yeah. It re-releases sort of count, but I met someone. Someone's. Uh, I was I was reading like um, some um, theories about this event before it actually happened, and they're like, "Oh, I'm convinced it's going to happen," and they're, they're in fairness, their reasoning was pretty spurious at best. And I didn't really follow them. It's like I thought, well, hey, this stuff's likely anyway, but I don't believe the reasons you're giving. I mean, one of his reasons was, hey, so Nintendo really does like a five anniversary, and I'm like, well, I suppose you're right. They didn't really do much for thirty, did they? And it's like, when was Super Mario Maker? Was that twenty five? Was that a whole ten years ago now? <laughs> Maybe they're right. Maybe Nintendo do love a five anniversary for some reason. Like thirty fifth is more important than thirty. Yeah, it's weird. It seems that way. And that was that. We got a direct. Mostly. Uh, that's it for show news. And uh, I think we said this last time. E3 is over again. <laughs> uh, uh, outside of that, not a whole lot of news going on. Um, Sony has announced it is interested in bringing more games to PC after putting out Death Stranding, or helping putting out Death Stranding, and Horizon Zero Dawn, um, which I think have sold pretty well, even if Horizon Zero Dawn has had issues on PC. Um, the, the quote in the Kotaku article about this, like, I don't know where it came from exactly, but it's like, it sounds pretty dumb, though, because they're like, oh, it's an increase in active users, and it's like, no kidding, you put out two games on a platform you've never put out before, it's going to go nothing but up. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess Sony have, like, dabbled in PC land before, right? They, you know, the Sony Online Entertainment had games on PC. <laughs> yes, they're clearly their user base has gone up from Planetside 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the. I can't remember what else they had, but yeah, they have one of the early Star Wars MMOs. I can't remember. Not like the Old Republic or anything like that. I get the feeling there was one before that, or maybe it was some other spacey MMO. Anyway, Sony have had MMOs on PC before, so yeah, an uptick in users by releasing games. Shock. Uh, in slightly sadder news, Vlambeer are going to close up shop on their 10th anniversary. Hmm. The, um, well, the indie studio that basically never put a foot wrong. Um, it's just that 
time, no, no real reason, it's just that time for them. Uh, the two guys that are Vlambeer are going off to do other things. They were supposedly working on another game called Ultra Bugs, um, but it's implied that that's never coming out now. Well, makes sense. I mean, if it had that many bugs, it's probably... <laughs> Ultra bugs. Uh, and the other, in other studio closure news, uh, Lab Zero Games is pretty much done. Uh, now, Lab Zero are known for Skullgirls and Indivisible, two games I really quite like. Um, so this is a bit of a bummer. But it sounds like it's kind of a, like a huge management issue. This guy called Zymon, who's supposedly owned the majority of the company, uh, had a falling out with his board over uh, allegations of sexually inappropriate comments that he may or may not have made. Um, oh. uh, so he fell out with his board, so he dissolved his board, taking full control of the company, at which point most of the leads left, leaving them with very few employees who he has now sacked. <laughs> yeah, great. So, basically, he's a huge douchebag, it seems. Uh, so Lab Zero is no more, uh, which is a bit puts it in a bit of a weird position, because uh, Autumn Games, who are the company that owns Skullgirls, uh, I, I believe they own the IP for Skullgirls anyway, um, they... Uh, even it's one, Skullgirls is weird. They, they've repeatedly said over the years, it's like, yeah, this is the last update. We're not doing any more. And then there's another update a few months later. Mm. Um, they are in the position where they had said a new character was coming. A whole new character was coming to the game. Um, uh, both the mobile... I didn't realize there was a mobile version, but the, yeah, the, to the mobile version first and then eventually to the full-blown full version. Uh, and Autumn Games have at least turned around and said, look, we, we announced this, we're going to do it regardless, we'll figure it out. Um, so whether that means they're just going to help all the Lab Zero leavers form a new studio, or what, we don't know. But I hope those guys land on their feet. They are awesome. Yeah. Good so luck. shout out to you. Yeah. Uh, and that's news for me, unless Zach's got much. No, it's been much, much of null news. Which is, you know, <laughs> again, where come on, Nintendo, fill this news gap. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is your news hole. Maybe we can get another Smash Brothers char character announced before the end of the mm. year. That would be nice. Been a while. <laughs> Has been a while without any Smash news. Oh, other than they sort of announced with this Mario thing, not in the direct itself. But I, oh, I don't think they did anyway. That they're doing a limited. No, they... They did say it in the direct. It was in the oh, bit of like, okay. here's all the all the unrelated to, well, not Mario game directly things, where it's like, oh, we're doing a new Splatoon Splatfest because we can't stop doing those. Oh, yeah, that's so weird. Reebok though, is making like, a Mario trailer. <laughs> yeah. But it's, but it's my, was it Reebok or was it Adidas? I can't remember. Oh, I it was like, um, yeah, this could be a Mario sneaker. Um, and, but the Splatfest is like friggin' miles away. It's like in January. It's like, why? Why put it so far, far away? <laughs> they got the so space weird. out there, Mario-related content. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's just another sign that they clearly Nintendo don't have anything going on right now in terms of releases. So it's just like, well, we'll have something in January. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> do we, do so we want to talk about uh, the new NVIDIA cards? Oh, yeah. That news that I keep re- forgetting repeatedly. What's this? The 3030 30 series? The, the 30 series. The, the Ampere architecture. Yeah, so this is the new generation. And they're saying it's like a 2x improvement on the previous generation, which is like the biggest leap ever. It's more like 1.9x or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the benchmarks they showed, it was closer to 1.5, I'd say. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they listed a whole load of games and they showed a green line poking over the other line and it kind of looked more like 1.5 and on average. There yeah. were some games that pushed up to two, but take take I'd, I'd take that number with a pinch of salt. Definitely a pinch but, of salt. But it was interesting. Digital Foundry saying that's the biggest like generational leap since like two thousand and five mm. in their testing. So <laughs> what does this mean for graphics card prices this gen? Oh god. Well, it depends. What, what's They're already going on hella with, pricey. What's going on with Bitcoin? I guess. I mean, that's because that's what happens, right? They release the... It's happened in cycles, right, these days. Mm. They release the new cards, and then they get all eaten by all the Bitcoin miners for a while until that becomes uneconomical, which takes, like, six months or something, right? Right. Uh, And then they're available. And, like, they're kind of saying, apparently, that the... uh, I think I got this from Digital Foundry, but that the previous generation was basically deliberately priced too high... Um, uh, in order to offset their manufacturing or whatever it was. Right. Uh, it, so, that sort yeah. of makes some sense because, yeah, they were trying to avoid the uh, video card drought Yeah, that they had before. So this is kind of interesting. And I suppose, what, who are they competing with, I guess? Because they don't... NVIDIA aren't powering any of those consoles apart from the Switch. They're not, <laughs> right? no. Um yeah. They they've only really got the PC market right now. Yeah. Um well yeah, and the Switch. But you know, that's kind of a fixed yeah. bit of hardware. They can't really change that now. No. Um yeah, and they're out and they're out of the new new console game for the next what, seven years, probably. So they can't can't bet on that. So yeah, it's it's PC enthusiasts. Um or professionals or whatever. They might there's probably a new line of like hyper expensive quadros or whatever the quadro equivalent now is. For you know, professional grade loads. So I'm sure they'll do just fine. <laughs> also, you know, it has been a little while since the 2080s. Yeah, it's been a while. I guess this is the second generation of the RTX stuff as well. The uh, ray tracing. Mm. It looks a bit more practical now, I guess. Um, but yeah, they 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 showed the. Um, the marble demo that they they used in the previous architecture stuff, oh, yeah. and like, but now added the nighttime mode to be like, oh yeah, now ha- now look how many lights we can throw around and path trace or everything in real time, and it's like, oh boy, this looks this oh this is a good looking bit of wood, <laughs> or glass marble or random things with lots of holes in them casting light shafts. It's like yeah, nice demo, good stuff. Pair that with Unreal Engine five. Ooh, baby. It's going to be good. Yeah. They showed some um, uh, footage from Cyberpunk with some enhancements, you know, then uh, basically all in the lighting department to be like, hey, look at our diffuse lighting. Right. It looks badass, right? And it's like, well, yeah, Cyberpunk looks badass. 
just in general, right? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, as I say, exactly how these things hit um, price-wise. Because honestly, unless I was trying to run 4K 60 on my rig at the moment, which is running a 1080, mm. it's like I don't, I'm not really feeling the strain to upgrade yet. Still, right? Yeah, exactly. You, you, it's 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 for I guess for these crazy displays now, right? Because you, you're yeah. already running stuff at double frame rate, right? 120 or 144 or. 165 if I can. Holy crap. Yeah. At, at, at 1080p, right? Yeah. Uh, nope, 1440 these days. At 1440. Bloody hell. So uh, I guess this is for 4K There are many games I can max gamers. out, but, but I'm G-Sync, so it's okay. Hmm. Um, uh, but, you know, I can run Valorant full speed, which is, yeah. which is lovely. I did see one thing. They've got some kind of crazy... I can't remember what it was called, but like a feature that's like um uh for monitors you know a bit like g-sync um add-on chip for monitors yeah. for doing like input input latency measuring which is i mean cool. it makes it makes sense that they might be building their own uh interfaces to try and minimize that stuff it's like it's an, it's an, it's another step over what they were called was it their g-sync ratings that they had before they had like the levels of g-sync and i guess this is now another one on top of that yeah um to, to be like, hey, we're not just G-Sync, we're now super low latency. And it's, and it's like, yeah, great, good. Um, I don't know if I really feel latency anymore anyway, but I know that's one of the things that, like, well, not, not to, you know, I don't think current latency is bad enough to <laughs> make me want less. No. Um, but, you know, that was always one of, this is like the classic thing John Carmack used to say, right? It's like, I can send a packet across the world and back, in less Faster time than it I takes can... to me to put the pixel on screen right yeah. in front of me. Yeah. Um, so you know, logically, it's it's probably good that they're finally starting to tackle that. Sure. But hey, we're getting to the point where panels, like panels, are getting are still good, right? But they're still problematic. There's still things wrong with like current panel tech. There's yeah. Like motion blur and like they 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 can't keep up. Like panels still can't, even though they can try and change themselves 165 times a second or 240 in some cases, it's like the panel tech still doesn't actually change fast enough to deal with that sometimes, or most of the time, in fact, like depending on the color transition. It's like mm. we, we still need another, there's st- there's, yeah, there's more display tech to come, right? We're not, we're not. Oh, we're, for sure. We're, we really, we're really good right now, but we're not perfect. We're like far from it still. Things do seem to be have changed quite a bit with monitors over the past couple few years. Um, I don't know what to do my, myself actually because, um, like, you're still at a point. Because it used to be like, okay, well, 4K, you'd never do gaming at 4K, so just discount that and get a gaming monitor, which is 1440p and G-Sync and high refresh rate, which is what you've mm. done, right? Yep. And that makes total sense. Um, uh, but like from a productivity standpoint, I would like a wider screen, like 21 by 9, and then it's like, well... Can I get LG Odysseys? Have you seen those things? Well, they're even wider than twenty-one by nine. They're obscene. They're ridiculous. Hertz, and they're two forty hertz. Yeah, Uh, but yeah, so they're resolute. But they're not like 
high resolution in the in the in the sense of 4K, right? Which would be no, no, in, no, no, insane, they're not, they're right? Twenty one sixty tall. They're still fourteen forty p tall. Exactly. So I'm thinking, like, well, you know, not that these fully exist yet, but they kind of do, and they will in the next year. Is like, can I get a twenty one by nine with the pixel density of a 4K screen? Which does mm. sort of exist, but that you would never, you're never going to drive that, even with a thirty ninety fucking card. Well, maybe with one of those, but that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a plan. titan. Yeah, but also like, tech, but they're not going to have DLSS. Actually, the way DLSS works is that it's actually natively under the behind the scenes, rendering at a lower resolution, and then using AI tuned routines to upscale. Yeah, I mean that would be awesome. And but those, those those work really well. You know, there there are people. Uh, there's some, definitely some analysis on DLSS that's like, yeah, like this is indis- indistinguishable from the native res, and you get a huge performance boost. And it's like, well, great. Like, you know, keep working on that. And so then, if if the then screen, your lovely 4K could get, screen could still look great. <laughs> yeah. So if you could get, I want. So I guess what I want is a 4K resolution. Uh, sorry. So it's actually more like 5K pixels, right? Because it would be 4K vertical height, but wider 21 by 9 uh and with this dlss thing right and with g-sync i guess and then it needs to go up to what 106 240 hertz how much 160 if you if you want if you want to top out 240s where it sits right now i mean i don't mind that much (laughs) (laughs) 60 is fine for me but anyway it'd be nice to have high refresh capability which would be 144 tends to be like 144 the gaming gaming monitor kind of happy place right now yeah so that that, 144 that monitor which is like 21 by 9 5 whatever it's called 4k 2k 5k 2k whatever um uh, with those features that doesn't exist quite but it's close and but uh, they're crazy like even if you want a 4k gaming monitor though you're still talking mega bucks oh it's expensive over, yeah. you're you're um, you know over a grand mark yeah for screens for screens like that so you're in you're into proper television territory in yeah terms of pricing it's, yeah um, it's probably uh, something it's I look at more than my TV, though. <laughs> well, yeah, likewise. Uh, and I, I mean, use it all day, I mean, every day for work I mean, in this I mean, current situation. Well, yeah. I mean, I look at both quite a bit, in fairness, but it's uh, still, I still feel quite good about £400 worth of purchase. Oh, <laughs> definitely. Just, like, I mean, and I don't, I don't feel bad for missing out on spending another £800 on getting a 4K version. No, you for know, sure. I mean, 1440p is pretty good for productivity, to be honest. I mean, I've been using it for I mean, yeah, it's nice. I mean, I'm not using it for work, it's a thing. <laughs> I'm, oh, uh, I'm right. using it for salad work. I'm not using it for work. For work work. What do you use for work different, work? Different, then? different rooms. Oh, I've got a panda. Do you remember my, my old 1080p armor screen? Oh, man. Yeah, oh, I'm using one two of those. those. Oh, one of those. One of those, and my laptop screen. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I need some space to work. Anyway, mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about. I've got a docking station that might be able to get me another screen, but it's it's not a good docking station, so you know, it'll probably be another 1080 screen max. Yeah. Anyway, I I think the monitor I want doesn't quite exist, but it might within the next year, especially given those ridiculous Samsung ones <laughs> exist. They just oh, not... they sound, yeah, they're Samsung, sorry, not LG. Yeah. But LG, I think they're probably, well, LG are making, LG make a panel that is the resolution that I am interested in, but I don't, it seems to be sort of, I don't know, discontinued or something, so they must be preparing for, mm, you know, something better. Yeah. Anyway, never mind. 
Still, yeah, we haven't talked much about the actual Nvidia stuff, but yeah, and then um, it's you know, let's get some let's get some cards in people's hands. Yeah, prove it. I mean, if you can game on that kind of monitor. Uh, on one of those 3080 cards and you can run Microsoft Flight Simulator at like a reasonable speed, you know, at, maybe not a native res, but using that DLSS thing or whatever it's called to, to make I mean, it look super nice. You could probably max it out, right? But then, well, but then I, don't know. Almost, I don't know. You're almost, uh, what is it? The Flight Sim actually starts getting CPU bottlenecks. Bound, right. Max yeah. detail. Makes um, sense. Well, as long as it looks nice. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine on a 4K screen that probably already looks insane if you can drive it at that? Because like the detail, yeah, yeah just looking at the cockpit and then looking out the window, like freaking heck. Yeah, I guess. And then there's VR. Yeah, I guess it's weird thinking yeah. about DLSS because it was kind of pitched as a um, an anti-aliasing technique. Right. right? Oh, it's a, it's an AI-driven anti-aliasing technique. And it's like you normally think of like anti-aliasing, like the, the the best way to do it is to like super sample, right? You're rendering higher resolution and you're downsampling, yeah, uh, in order to make a smoother image. But DLSS actually takes the opposite approach. You know, to improve performance, it renders lower res yeah. and then uses AI-driven upscaling, yeah, or you know, tuned upscaling to to produce a similar effect because but, that that's kind of become really normal on console games right this kind of dynamic resolution thing which never existed I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty standard now yeah hell splatoon's got it you know <laughs> yeah i can't say i've ever been playing a game and particularly noticed that the resolution is changing uh you can in splatoon but yeah. there are moments where the camera's static and it's clearly jumping about like a right. bit um there are certain games where it's pretty noticeable More obvious, and there were some yeah. bad implementations as well like Titanfall yeah. 1's dynamic resolution implementation on pc was kind of bad i um, guess that's why this dlss or whatever standard is good because it will be a good implementation and it will be a standard is that right uh, well it's game specific oh, nvidia okay. have to do the work to tune dlss for the game oh, i see so the drivers oh, okay. have to support it which so where you're probably not going to see it on every title you're going to see it on triple a Interesting. Games that NVIDIA... Are, NVIDIA do that with every game, right? You download the game-ready driver. Driver, yeah. Like, they update their driver sets for the for the big-name games to be like, okay, this is pushing boundaries of our tech. We need, we're, we've been working with them to make a driver set so it works. Um, you know, games like that will get a DLSS. We'll, we'll get yeah. the benefit of DLSS, but it's NVIDIA that have to do the work for that. Interesting. Uh, to a to a point, I'm sure they work with the devs to come up with a solution. But yeah, currently I, that's my understanding. But it's yeah, Nvidia have to get involved to do that. Anyway, technology is marching on. Whoopty do. Whoop de do. I wonder. Yeah, so CPU thresholding now might be the next problem. <laughs> I don't know how far CPUs have come. I've not been paying attention for ages. But... Well, the, I mean, AMD came from behind, didn't they, with all their with their much yeah. cheaper stuff? And Intel must be shitting themselves because um, that that all that what's it called Ryzen stuff is much cheaper and more efficient. For, the well, and the thread rippers. Yeah, that's better. For, well, the Ryzen's are better for gamers because they're cheaper. The, and then and then Apple, of course, are, are switching to their own chips for mm. their computers which is probably a chunk of intel um so i don't know they need to get off their asses i guess intel no they haven't been making chips but yeah they have 
they've been good, but they've been coasting, yeah, because they've been the yeah. only game in town, really. But yeah, they, they they haven't had the console market for seven years as well, and it's like because and also Intel focused a lot on making their chips lower power for win, for laptops, like mm. win, all the Windows laptops that everyone uses plus the Macs. But the real way to make things low power is to do ARM, right? Which is exactly what Mac, what Apple are doing. Um, so all that effort, and you know. <laughs> If they all, if all the laptops no, switch to ARM, it's then... not, it's not wasted. Windows, I mean, yeah, Windows are dabbling with ARM, but I find it hard to believe that Windows is going to be ARM ready for quite a while yet. Yeah, you're probably right, but that, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so much software that would need to be recompiled probably for ARM architecture, unless it's Windows true. do some. I mean, Windows have been pretty good with trans, you know, live transpiling these days. You know, the, the things are getting better at that. But, but what I mean is that all that, all those years of Intel R and D didn't go on to making more powerful CPUs for desktops or gamers. Mm. Um, yeah. Yes, yes, true. Intel's focus has been elsewhere. And so, like, yeah, for, for you and I, AMD is probably the choice for the next machine. But... Probably. I mean, yes, I think it seems like those Ryzen's are a kind of a default choice for a gaming PC at this point. Yeah. Um, unless you're doing... Like, if you are a streamer or something, like, you might need, like, more thread performance and, and go, and the Intel's, like, the, the, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, recording and you're streaming and you're playing the game and all that at once, then maybe an Intel makes more sense. But the Threadripper, though. Yeah. But I think the Threadripper is <laughs> like, a weird for. thing, like, isn't it? The is like, the top end, isn't it? It's, like, that's AMD's, like, crazy yeah. line that can do that as well. Yeah, I think that's more for um, like full on like a uh, rendering or whatever render mm. farm stuff or or whatever you do video processing or whatever. Also, I like saying it. Threadripper is a cool Threadripper. name. Threadripper. Yeah, it's just a cool name. It's, it's not much something not much... lake or whatever. <laughs> Intel always calls it. Yeah, pretty pointless for games. Threadripper. Threadripper. Anyway, that's yellow hard. dog, your threads they're ripped. I don't know if that's a compliment when you're talking about threads, really. So ripped. <laughs> Mad oh, gains. Geez. That's the story. Mad gains. So that, that's, that's hardware. Technology's got mad gains. Yeah. Mad gains. Um, right. It's time for what you've been playing, I think, because that's the end of the news. News! Um, Zach, what have you been playing? Well, not all that much of interest, I don't think. But there are some things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I've been recording more factorial videos, obviously. <laughs> so I've hey. got two of them uploaded so far, but the third one's ready to go. So Sweet. Probably go up today. Check those out on YouTube. Happy salad. It's our channel. Although, unfortunately, I've now unhelpfully reached the point where, because I'm in my eternal battle with my hard disk space, I'm at the point where I have to basically do one in, one out. I can't play more factorial until I upload one <laughs> of the videos so I can remove the old files and record the, the next episode. <laughs> Buy a hard drive. I'm not going to buy a hard drive at this point in this computer. <laughs> we'll get an SSD that you can move to the next machine. I mean, that would make more sense, maybe. But, like, yes. The hard drive space is a problem. <laughs> but also, I am, like, eight episodes ahead. <laughs> so, so technically, I do have a lot of files that still need to get done. And then they can get rid of, get rid of them. Put them on my external hard drive. 
or not the raw files, ideally, <laughs> the processed files. And I did play a little bit of another game of Fedora. So like, I can't wait to, I can't wait while this file has to upload, so I'll just start another modern game as well and play some of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then be disappointed when I have to go back to vanilla for the actual recording. <laughs> <laughs> Although the modern game that I was playing was kind of weird because it was this, it's a mod, one of the fairly large mod, mod like I was about to call it a mod pack, but it's really just like a mod that's made up of a lot of little parts that build up the whole mod. Because there's several of those that everyone uses, but this one, there's one that I tried before, it's a more like real industrial, which means mainly that the buildings are a lot bigger. <laughs> but I was trying to play that with, um, well, it has its own like resources, but it has almost like too many resources for the vanilla game's resource generation to handle. Or, I mean, it generates them, but the map is just a mess. It's like everywhere is just some kind of mineral <laughs> spread all over the place, which is like not necessarily a bad thing if, unless you're, you know, a crazy person who can't stand to build on top of minerals, as I previously discussed. <laughs> that's problem number one of that situation. But problem number two is just like, it kind of removes the need for, you know, railways and all that logistical stuff if the mineral resources are all right next to each other on top of each other. So I downloaded a, a secondary mod that changes resource generation to make it, like, more logical. Except the problem with that is that if you haven't necessarily played the mod that you're trying to modify with this new resource generation, you don't know, like, which resources are the most important or like what proportion you want them in or whether you want them in the starting zone or whether those can be like further away for later like uranium mm. is in the normal game like you don't know how much of these resources you're going to need so you just be like well i'll just set them at some arbitrary values and hope that that's right <laughs> but then the other problem with this after i'd done that is that this mod is quite like resource heavy in the early game mainly it's it's got one of those things where unprocessed resources are like rubbish like when you're making iron plates right at the start of the game it's taking like eight iron ore per plate but then there's later technologies where it's like you process the iron ore and then you get more plates per ore essentially mm. but because it's so heavy on the on the you know resource usage in this early game stage where you're having to mine eight times as much ore as you usually would you're putting out tons more pollution but then because of because i was using the resource spawning modification that also modifies how the enemies spawn so the enemies were spawned like too close to me compared to how much pollution i could output before the enemies would start attacking me without being able to progress up the tech tree because of how the mod works because it's way more complicated to go through the technology and you need more resources to do it so i had to play this weird like like green factory where it's like i can only afford to make this much pollution or otherwise it will start aggravating the enemy so i have to keep my overall pollution levels below a certain limit <laughs> to prevent it from spreading out which generally makes it quite slow but you know it's an interesting challenge. That's the important thing to me, as always. Yep, something new. Um, and then I guess in, in related factory building news, something that I <laughs> played and forgot. I don't know if I played it before the last podcast or not. It might have been just after the last podcast. 
I downloaded that game called Shapes IO, <laughs> which was Shapes. was a you know you might recognise the IO ending as a as that web based weird game factory that <laughs> people have made all kinds of weird crap shit on. Crap shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Crap. <laughs> No, I don't know what this is. I've not heard of this. It was made famous by the that I forget what it's called. It's like Agario. It's this the, that game that you may have seen where you're basically circles and you have to consume the other circles by running into them, <laughs> and then whoever's the biggest circle wins. Oh, like a multiplayer version of Osmos. Yeah, basically, that was that was sort of the the first game that made the IO like website i guess famous and there's been various other io style games but this one shapes io is basically factorio in io <laughs> so it's weird, weird i'm a bit like so not nothing to do with itch then itch io it's kind of similar i i believe i don't know how the what the overlap is with like the web based services or whatever because this one was a web game, but they've like made a standalone version for Steam, hmm. which is where I got it, of course. And the standalone version now they've, you know, now that they've made it a real game, it's like now only the real game will get the full updates. The web game will just be like a legacy version or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically just Factorio, except like minimalism Factorio. It's just like yeah. a big, big white plane with like literal shapes that you mine and then you transform the shapes by like cutting them up <laughs> and painting them <laughs> okay so, so taking the idea but just abstracting it out to its barest bones yeah interesting and then, yeah and then it has you know a different set of puzzles <laughs> a slightly different mechanics but also because of its the engine that it's running on, it also can't really handle it as well as Factorio can. <laughs> Once you get into the millions of items trundling around, it can chug quite a bit. But yeah, I played most of that. And, you know, as I'd say I got it on Steam, the real version. It's only like three quid. <laughs> it's still only a very tiny game. So Shapesio. Yep, with a Z. Shapes. Shapes, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Shapes all. I always call it IO. I don't know if that's actually correct. <laughs> I'm split. That's why I'm saying EO, just to be yeah. different. Shapes, yo. So there's that. Um, that famous footballer, Shapes, yo. <laughs> yes. Uh, I briefly went back into Animal Crossing because, you know, it's September now. <laughs> new bugs. Yeah. Actually, actually, no new. Well, no, a couple of new bugs. Some new fish. Luckily, I got all the ones for August. <laughs> so we're good on that front. Uh, and I don't think they've announced what like the September update is going to be because they are doing a fairly good job of getting monthly updates out for it. Everyone's assuming that, like, obviously October is going to be the Halloween-ish kind of... <laughs> the spooky event, probably. So September, we don't really know what's going on with that. I mean, they have put in... I don't know if they've put it in or whether it was just, like, now that it's technically autumn, except the game... It's it's weird, because you'd expect the months to the month boundary to be the boundary of the season, but it's not, apparently, for this one. Like, I was expecting autumn to start in September, but it apparently isn't going to. Or 
maybe it sort of has because some of the some of the autumn stuff is here like if you shake trees you can get acorns and pine cones which are new so it's like sort of autumn but not really because people keep <laughs> all your villagers keep talking about it being all summery and hot <laughs> so some some things have changed so it was that um i wanted to briefly talk about rocket league because you remember how rocket league is going free to play this summer yeah yeah apparently not <laughs> what wait what well, I mean, it's September now. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess it's not summer. Yeah. They haven't managed to get that out in time for it to be technically summer. But weirdly, the 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 rocket pass has disappeared because you remember they extended it with like yeah. they were like, oh, we we we're not ready to do the next one yet, so we're going to extend the previous one. Well, now that one's just disappeared, and now there's not a new one, so that whole menu is just gone. <laughs> I haven't felt sort of compelled to go back in because that one was running so long. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and the uh, season as well. Yeah. They did say that the season was going to end, but it still hasn't. And speaking well, of the and, season... And also, I've tended to have been busy a bit late, so Friday Night Rocket like, like, hasn't exactly been a thing for a while. Mm. And speaking of the season, I'm going to be really annoyed again because I managed to get one win on the champion team. <laughs> My rank went up to champion and I won one game and it went back down. So I'm one out of ten on getting the stupid champion rewards that I'm not going to get before this season actually ends, probably. <laughs> Damn it. Again. In fairness, that's what my, my Valorant rank doing at the moment. I get into... Um, yeah. Laugh all you want, internet. My rank is not good. But <laughs> I, get, I uh, get out of silver into gold for like a one or two games if I'm lucky and then de-rank immediately. <laughs> it's just like, I can't win a game in gold. <laughs> And the other reason I wanted to mention Rocket League was that I wanted to give a very specific shout out to some asshole <laughs> in, in the sort of high diamond tiers who I see all the time. Because like, there's quite a few people <laughs> that I recognise their names and I'm like, oh, it's this guy again. But there's, there's one specific guy who I have to call out. He's called Betrain. He's a console player. <laughs> Betra- Betrain? Betrain, yeah. Betrain. Just but, make sure we say it a lot. Betrain, yeah. <laughs> got your number. He's a console player in, in the sort of high diamonds area. And literally, if you go, if you're on his team or, you know, if he's playing in the game and the team he's on goes two goals down, he automatically forfeits and then refuses to play. <laughs> like, regardless of what the score was or how long it took to get to that point, if, you, if you're if you in two goal deficit, instant forfeit. <laughs> and it's really annoying, but also sort yeah. of funny. Because it's like, you see him and it's like, oh, here it comes, here it comes. And then you can just, even if you're not on his team, you can just see him stop moving and you can feel the forfeit happening. (laughs) And like, if he wasn't, if all he did was forfeit and then just stop, like full AFK it, I would almost suspect that it was like some kind of he'd done like some weird statistical analysis where it's like it's not worth wasting the time because on average you're not going to make this two goal comeback or whatever. But he then also occasionally, depending on how salty he gets, then goes into troll mode and like starts scoring own goals and stuff. So no, he's just a dick. <laughs> I do wonder why. Okay, he's, he's clearly skilled. He's up there. Yeah. Um, but he's up there for a reason. But I do wonder why, I have to question why most people that you hear speaking or you can see their, yeah, you get a feel for the type of person they are by their actions in games. I wonder why they play games, because they clearly 
It feels like they're not happy a lot of the time. Well, it's like in this guy's case, when it's like, if if two goals go in inside twenty seconds, he forfeits. It's just like that's that's not even that's not a deficit. That's just like a normal game of Rocket League. <laughs> yeah, it, it can just happen. You've got a whole four and a bit minutes to make up for it. Yeah, and you're like you could easily come back four goals in that game, no problem. Yeah, man, I hate that. It's it's like I'm getting hey the um the uh was it the honeymoon period of Valorant is clearly over <laughs> <laughs> now because you know. The volume of toxicity is see, that I'm encountering seems to be increasing, mostly because I'm not good, and that's fine. I can sort of take a bit of hey, you're what, like you're man. What, I, I got called um, carpal tunnel guy for a game <laughs> because 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 my aim was really quite bad. And, like during one particular play, it's like I just missed completely, and he was like, "Dude, what's wrong with your aim? Carpal tunnel?" And it's like so I so I kept getting called the carpal tunnel guy for the rest of the game. Um, even though I was like second on the table by the end of it, but like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I can take it. Um, but it's just like it, those; those; those are okay. But then you get the like the types that get wound up by each other, and they're just at each other the entire game. And you're just like, and then they're clearly like antagonizing each other the entire time. And I don't think either of them are particularly having fun. It's not the kind of the sort where it's like a bit of banter and they're like, "Hey, all right," and you get those as well. And, the, and it's very well. mostly the Brits. I'll be honest. Mostly the Brits are, have a, are having a bit of a like classic piss take, I suppose. Um, uh, but they're, you know, they're, they're just having a proper Barney each other over Valorant, and I'm just like, it happens so frequently that I, I worry for the type of people that play these games half the time because it's, mm. it's just like, why? Why are you getting so? I mean, I don't, I don't want to throw too much bad critique at the games industry but good god the people that play them sometimes <laughs> or these games in particular yeah there's it's like i don't know which one is like more annoying than like it's the difference between like loud salt and silent salt <laughs> which one is worse do you want horrible text spam or do you just want the guy who forfeits immediately <laughs> I kind of don't want either. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 you're making me think now. It's like, yeah, I think I think the loud one does make me angrier. Honestly, like even if it's not directed at me, it just it's just really irritating. Yeah, there was one. I definitely remember one time where I, there was like two guys who were antagonising each other the whole game, and I read that one. I reported them, and I'm pretty sure that report got acted on. <laughs> Yeah. Like I wasn't involved in any way. It was just like, man, these two guys are being real dicks and using some <laughs> terrible language, so I can report it. And then, yeah, <laughs> and I, then I, when I, you I, log back into Rocket League, it's like your reports have been action has been taken. <laughs> oh, nice, ah, nice. It's nice that it tells you. Like, well, it doesn't tell you specifically though. That's my problem with Rocket League. It, it's only like the next time you log in, it's like one of the reports you did recently was acted on. It's like you don't know what one. Yeah. But depending on how many reports you send, you can be like, yeah, it was probably that one. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's the same in Valorant as well. Like, there's, there's a there's a pretty robust reporting system in there. Yeah, you know, yeah, a little bit like Rocket League's actually, where you don't just report; you have to give the reason. I wish um, Rocket League had better reasons because there's been yeah, a couple. I, I, again, I think Valorant's a little better than League at that, but it's not. There's there's some times where it's just like, all right, that's borderline, but it's not quite this and it's not quite that. But this guy was still a bell end, and I kind of want to throw him under the bus. And it's like there's nothing that really fits in there. He's not really cheating, but it's not really, you know, it's, it's kind of bad sportsmanship with a, 
yeah, I don't know. You kind of so just want a trolling option. <laughs> sometimes I can't decide whether it's like, should I report it for cheating or like XP farming? Because <laughs> there was right, one game. Yeah. There was one game in in solo three versus three, which is the one where you can't team up, so you're queuing completely individually, and it just puts you in a random team of random game with five other people. I got in a game in that where I, there was a guy and probably his friend on the opposite team because his name was like his name on one team and then his name's sub on the other team or whatever and the guy on the opposite team deliberately started scoring out goals and i'm like so he's gaming the rank i guess by queuing up in solo and just to d-rank yeah it's just like because it's these clearly these two people are working together on opposite teams of solo which should be possible but they, I guess if the solo queue is small enough, they could rely on it randomly putting them into the same game. But like, what do you label that as? Is that XP farming or is that cheating? <laughs> Bad sportsmanship, I guess. That's no, closest, closest thing put, you can get to it. I, I think probably bad sportsmanship is the least good option to get an action taken because I'm pretty sure that is the generic these reports get ignored option. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the most accurate to what he's doing really. yeah like, but like not really i yeah. guess it's closest to cheating technically if you're like legitimately two people on opposing teams helping each other <laughs> i've heard that um was it thrown around quite a lot of late in valorant like the insult that it's like you're not that you're xp farming it's like oh you're just playing for skins bro <laughs> okay like what like, I guess. I guess if you're in the battle pass, that's what you're doing, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> level up. And get, but it's like, and I guess to a certain extent, it doesn't really matter if you win or lose. And but wait, but it sort of does because the best way to gain XP on that is to get the dailies and weekly targets. Um, yeah, I, I, like games. If if it mattered more in Rocket League, it would probably be way worse because it's really easy to get XP and level up without doing very much. <laughs> yeah. I think most, but there are some targets in the Valorant thing that I think you could say, oh, that guy's playing for skins. It, like, in particular, there's the one, I, my most hated of the weeklies is use your ultimate 50 times. Um, because it usually takes me two or three weeks to get that one. <laughs> it's like the, the weeklies are quite generous in Valorant and it will let you have more than a week to do them. And they mm. kind of roll over. So once you've finished them, finished the last week's set of weeklies, it will then give you the, the week after's set. So they just rolls to the next batch, and it's like it's it's pretty pretty nice like that. So I'm not really missing any, but I can't keep up because of that damn one. Um, but it's like, yeah, you, you could perhaps suspect someone for being like, why did you fire your ult then? It's like, well, so I can start earning the next one because I need to use more ults, though. But surely you can still only get like a certain number of ultimates off a game anyway. <laughs> well, you get a so the Valorant's ult system is is you get an ultimate point every time you get a kill. Every time you die, and I think certain other actions can earn you one as well. It might just be those two. Those two. Oh, there's ultimate orbs in the level as well, which make a big old noise when you grab them, uh, and they take time to grab, um, but they can get you a point as well. Uh, most most ultimate abilities are worth seven points. Um, so if you're an average player like me, and you're maybe getting one or one kill around and dying. Uh, you can you can earn one in about three and a half rounds or maybe four rounds, maybe a bit longer than that. Um, so theoretically, you should be able to knock them out maybe four a game. Um, 
still not that many really that's all right but it, it ends up being more like two because you you know you end up if you're a bit like me you like or you're playing characters where it's like okay it might be important to use this at the right time like if i'm playing sage i'm not going to just randomly res someone at the end of a round <laughs> just mm. to get it out of the way it's like the res is really powerful or it can be if you res the right player and it's a uh... yeah i don't know i find i find that one a pain in the ass <laughs> Doesn't seem like something you could game very much, though. Really, apart from I mean, if you're if you're if you're you're a good player and you're getting most of the kills on your team every round, then yeah, you're going to be getting ults left, right, and center. Yeah, but that's not like gaming the system. That's just like getting rewarded for your effort. (laughs) Yeah, that's how the game works. But anyway, I I struggle with that one anyway. I think it's like, yeah, you you might just be using them at bad moments, and then that would that would attract ire. But for multiple reasons, you know, you might just have used it badly, yeah, I guess. or finger slip, because that can happen. <laughs> it's like, oh god, I didn't mean to fire that. And then the only other thing that I played that is now where we can transition to Rob is we we played the Crystal Chronicles demo. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this. This is bizarre. Yeah. Ugh. It's such a <laughs> oh dear. It's such a noise. Bummer. Oh no! What, it's like, what's wrong? Well. They seem to have missed the point. Yep. <laughs> I think is about what that game was about. Um, so, so let's roll it back like twenty odd years or however old. It is. Yeah, let's <laughs> like, roll back to, to the GameCube version. All right. So the, the original Crystal Chronicles release you, was a GameCube game that you had that for multiplayer everybody had to have a GBA uh, and a link cable or a specific cable, you know, a GBA to GameCube cable. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And plug those in to use as controllers, but the big thing about that was like, oh hey, look 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 what we can do! Everybody has their own screen. We can we can show player specific information and have them so they can manage their stuff without interrupting the other players, and we can have a collaborative and solo experience at the same time. Isn't this great? This kind of great, right? And it's like, in truth, it's pretty novel, and I don't think many other things have really pulled it off in the same way Crystal Chronicles did. Right. It's like. I, yeah, the game wasn't perfect. The game was quite simple. It's quite slow paced. It's quite, ah, you know, to call it a Final Fantasy game is a bit of a stretch. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's um, yeah, it has its problems for sure. Uh, but I don't know. It, like at the time, it was a good way of getting us together. We, sure, thought, yeah. we played quite a bit of it. We never finished it. I don't think we even got very far into it, um, really. Um, but it it was a novel, unique experience. Um, that was kind of only achievable using that setup. So yeah. uh, when they come about and say, hey, we're going to do a remaster and we're going to figure out how to do this on the Switch or other platforms and so, so we can bring this back, it's like, all right, this is kind of interesting. Like, how are you going to pull this? Does this mean you're going to... like, What approach are you going to take to... to getting that everyone's in this everyone's playing through this story together feel yeah um and the answer is is they didn't (laughs) they seem to focus on the solo experience right with making multiplayer participants kind of a side thought like i'm weird so we only played this earlier today so i haven't really had time to my brain hasn't quite yet found a way of communicating it. Like uh, uh, Zach didn't, you didn't really communicate it to me while we were playing. It was just well, kind of like you, you've just got to see this. <laughs> what I came up with in the end after I thought about it is it's 
it's basically like how like the phantom system of Dark Souls works. Or if you're inviting oh, other right. players to come into your personal story in Guild Wars. Yeah. Where it's like they those characters don't really exist. They're there just to supply damage <laughs> and then they go away. Yeah, so you you Okay. Uh, I'm gonna try and take a step back from the convoluted method of the, how the online system works at all and just try and talk about how what this mechanically means for the game. Because it's like okay, only the main player, only the host can make story progress in the in 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 a in a session. Which right. is okay. Massive, massive problem number one, because that means nobody's really playing together. They are playing for this one guy and helping him out. Um, and they and, and because, because if you finish a, if you finish a mission and you're just a helper, you're not advancing your own personal story. So presumably you can get to a point where the other players then have to be the guys taking the lead and hosting and, pr- and pr- pushing their story forward, because the game won't let you play past a certain point unless all the players are sort of level with each other. And it's like, well, how is that even possible? Can players push past a certain point with their friends? Or does everyone have to push past a certain point in solo so then they can then grind the earlier levels? It's, or one person has to push ahead and then play multiplayer with someone else to catch them up. And it's just like, it's, it's a baffling choice. And I think it's like probably rooted in the... Uh, uh, I guess in how they, how the save files for the original one worked, because this this was our theory anyway. We sort of talked about it and be like, okay, maybe the save is like uh, uh, tied to the town and tied to the character, and every uh. character in it is um, was it was just well because it was all done that way originally. Yeah, they didn't really think about how to change that and how to make it work in this new perhaps character driven way. Like maybe they, you know, they had to separate the idea of the character being the save rather than the overall town being the save. But when you're playing with multi, multi, you know, in multiplayer with people, you're bringing people in from outside your save into your game, so it doesn't affect your save. And it's mm. you've taken what is a primarily multiplayer experience game and yeah. paused it right up. <laughs> <laughs> it's infuriating. Why? I mean. That was the whole thing that made the game unique. Like, why? Yeah, you play the thing together, and it's like, okay, it had a. So the way you'd do it on the original one is you'd, you'd have a, you'd create your town, and it would give you eight character slots, and you could fill those slots as you wanted. You could play those slots as you wanted. Each character, the story would progress universal to that save. Yeah. And the characters could be progressing at different rates throughout that playthrough. So say. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me, I'm talking too much and my throat's going dry already. I'm getting a bit heated. Um, the um, yeah, so say say you're like you know I was you know I was the owner of the game primarily, so I guess I'd be there in most sessions. But I could so I could run one character and play with a couple of people that usually. So then another player comes and goes, oh, I went, this looks kind of fun. What can I, can I join? And it's like, well, yeah, you can. And it's like, and I could choose to start another character in that save to fill in another slot, so I'm not overleveled with them. Or I could just play my overleveled character and try and pick up some more gear that I may not have got by grinding old levels and things like that. There was a way. There were ways of bringing that old character up to your level as well, so you could sort of make that work. But the story would stay at that fixed point. So you know, when you next got the crew together or something like that, you could then all work to push the story forward and it just all kind of worked or you just create a whole nother save and you know work a whole nother 
set of characters if you wanted as well, if you really wanted to play through the story with everyone. There were ways and means of doing it. And it's like, and this just throws all of that away. <laughs> it's like, because right. there's no local play as well, because how would that work? It's like, they, they would have to get rid, I mean, but it kind of would have worked if I think about it. Like, local play could have still worked on this version. Yeah, you might not have had the menu manage, the personal menu management be as neat. It would probably have to take up some part of the screen. But they've kind of got rid of the collaborative stuff that the whole point of having your own screen added to the game anyway. So, you know, in multiplayer, like, everyone would have a different bit of information shown on their screen. Like, one person would have the lay of the land map. One person would have the enemy map, but it wouldn't show where, the you know, the map actually went one person would have a treasure map so you mm. could sort of look at the map yeah, everyone could be like hey guys we should go that way there's a treasure chest over there and things like that so there was a slight element of like you had to all work together to get a full picture because now that's just been replaced by a single mini map in the top right right you know all of that's gone as well it's i don't i don't mm. Top that off with a the most convoluted bloody online system I've come across, and the menus suck as well. And it's Ugh. like, okay, okay, Zach, try and walk me through how we join a game again because I've kind of lost it. <laughs> well, there's two ways. I'm gonna go get a drink while you do that. My throat's going. <laughs> yeah, go for it. There's two ways that you can that you can get into a multiplayer session. Uh, if you if you're on the world map doing your personal story essentially, and you yeah. your caravan travels to one of the dungeons, when you hit enter that dungeon, you can either go through it in single player or you can set it to multiplayer. If you select that multiplayer option, it basically like quick creates a lobby that's just open so anyone can join. So that's like the the fast way. Okay. But if you want to say like play with only friends only or whatever, then you have to go to a separate menu called Set Out Together, and from there instead Set of, Out Together, great. Yes. Okay. From, from there, instead of traveling on the map to the dungeon, you just press Host, and then it shows you a list of all the dungeons you currently have access to, and then you select it in there, and then you set it to like friends only and whatever and how many slots, and right. then you run that, and then then that puts you into the lobby of that game. But then on that on that host page, there's also the invites that you can send to your friends. But only when you say friends, it only applies to friends inside the game. It doesn't actually oh. like look at your switch. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you have to. So you've, and, got, you've got to go through a code system to invite people to your friends oh, list within lame. the game. Yeah, and also as far as I could tell from playing it before I did with Rob, uh, you kind of need to pre-friend the people you're going to play with because otherwise it doesn't really like joining games. <laughs> so you need both. Yeah, you kind okay. of need to pre-friend the people because when I was trying to try play it before with someone else, it was just like we could see because the lobbies have a code as well. So if you, you'd think you get the lobby code, you enter that, it finds the lobby and then you join. But if you're not friended with the person who made the lobby, for some reason it just doesn't, didn't work. <laughs> But then as soon as we became friends, it was like, oh, that works. <laughs> uh, but it's, it doesn't stop you from joining random games. Like if you just hit quick play and it just matches you into a random game, that'll work regardless of your friend status with any of those people. It's just like apparently mid-level as well as it looked like. Well, yeah, you can just join Dungeons in Progress if you, if you want. But yeah, it's, it's one of those classic situations of like they've made a whole system that only works inside the game and doesn't use the actual friends list of the system. <laughs> uh, 
And whenever that happens, you know it's a bad time. Mm. And none <laughs> of that's really presented well. All the co- like the the UI, is, I think, is a bit of a mess of styles, and it's like it hasn't. It's kind of, most of it's borrowed from the GameCube one, but so, there's something about it when it's upresed and widened and something like that. It looks clunky as hell. It's almost like mm. they could have, they used Comic Sans. You know, it's kind of messy. Oh. sad times. I don't even get me started on like okay, like the, so they do all of that, and it's like hey, the game. They changed how the game plays in some ways as well, and not for the better. Like, not just like in the mechanics of how the story works and all of that, but some of the gameplay is a bit strange. It's like, okay, the magic fusion system in the original was a bit odd, but you could at least shout at each other to be trying time uh, spell casting to so it combined to do the special effects. Like certain spells, you had to uh, I don't know two different types of magic, uh, offensive magic, for instance, create gravity, which can take a flying enemy and put them on the floor, so you can hit right. them with physical attacks. Things like that, but you had to coordinate with the other players to to, to pull those off, and you literally just shout at each other, or there'd be a little bloom on the floor when when it was when the two things uh, were aligned, and both players would just release. Yeah. It's like they, which actually would have worked better if they had kept that, because instead what they've done is they've replaced it with this magic wheel thing, um, where uh, if if the if the things overline overlap, one player has to then release the button to 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 start the fusion cast. And the other player then has to release when a wheel that appears on screen goes over certain highlighted areas. And if, if they don't do that in the right area, as in if they both players released at the same time, then you get the both both spells casting individually. So, uh, and, you know, some of the offensive magic, like two thunders together, there's two marks, one, one for the, the level two and one for the level three, but you've got to wait longer if you want to pull off the level three. Um, but the players can't unless you're chatting like Zach and I were over an external service I don't know maybe the Switch Online app <laughs> on your phone <laughs> cocky Nintendo um, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, you know I don't know how you'd coordinate that properly it's harder to coordinate properly now not easier it was weird because like it's meant to help with you with the timing of like lag over the internet or whatever, because then it removes the the necessity for for two people to do a thing at the same time. But so you still have to know who's going to release first. Which right. Then, if you're not communicating with the person you're trying to do it with, you, you don't know who's going to release know. first. Well, yeah, or, or yeah, what tends to happen is the wheel appears and it immediately disappears as both players release the button because one of them tries to go first. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It's it's stupid. Oh dear. It's just a, it, it is a made, catalog of terrible ideas. This game. It's it like, would have made <laughs> much more sense if they'd made it so that as soon as the circles overlap, the magic wheel appears, so both players are immediately aware of it, and then right, and that's their release time. Like yeah. both players have to do the release when it says. It's like that's a way better system. Like just a, a little tweak, and there you go. That's way better. It makes sense. You've got an in, on-screen indicator on when like, when you have to do a thing, and maybe that balls up if both players go for a level three rather than uh, well, one goes for a level two and one goes for a level three. I don't know. Maybe that still screws up. That's probably okay, um, but it gives you some idea of what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you needed to force force the timing onto both people, not just one. Mm. But what else is there? There's, there's all the stuff like, okay, now everyone, 
uh, gets loot individually. So everyone's sit- every, every time you kill an enemy, all the loot appears for, for every player. But not all at once. It's like on my screen, I'll see the loot appear, and I have to go pick it up. Zach will see the same loot appear, and he'll okay. have to go pick it up. But when I pick it up, it doesn't remove it from his screen or anything like that. So there's this weird moments where the players are sort of wandering into empty space to go <laughs> grab a thing that the other players have already got. Yeah. <laughs> which wasn't a thing in the game because no. everyone needs to get all the loot so it's fair because they've gone down this online route and you know randoms um but then that takes the whole trading aspect out of the game and like trying everyone uh trying to share the right goods with the right players to be like okay you're the spellcaster, so you probably need all this magic like i don't i'm a lilty so i suck at casting magic but so playing as a lilty is probably really dull <laughs> i've sort of remembered that um uh, it's just yeah, all well, that's gone. But they've tried to mitigate that by making it so your inventory's like infinite now, rather than uh, the highly limited one that it was in the original. Um, but the, that was that was limited for a reason. It was limited so it forced you to do these trading. It'd be like, hey, do you need do, do you need the crafting materials for this stuff? And it's like, well, hey, I've got a blueprint that's not for me. Do you want it? Um, I, like my class can't use this here. You you have it. I picked that up by accident, <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. All of that stuff is gone, and then and then there's the mail thing at the end of the levels, like that, that just compounds the whole story problem. Because um, it's like there was a, at the end of when you push the story forward by doing one of the myrrh tree, um, you know, you get a droplet of myrrh and you're in the chalice. You know, the whole point you're playing the game. There was then a story segment where you could send mail to to and from your 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 people at home, your your family, your peeps. Um, <laughs> And it would just, uh, but uh, every player would do that at once on their GBA screens on in the original version. But now, because only one player is pushing the story forward, that one player does the mail thing, while the other players just sit there. <laughs> and I don't like some of the voices they had. That guy p- w- w- was fine. Just that Moogle was just fine. Go woo woo woo, rather than I've got your mail, Koopo. <laughs> well, yeah. see you later, Koopo. They made the Moogles have regular dude voices, which is something, yeah. in some ways <laughs> good and some ways bad. It's like, Apart it's, from Mog, who sounds like what I think a Moogle should sound like. I don't know, even but... he's not as high-pitched as he could be. <laughs> it's like, it's nice that they are just regular dude voices for, like, avoiding horrible ear creatingness, but it's also kind of weird. <laughs> uh, it's... I don't think there's anything about this game that works the way it should. It's like, apart from perhaps some of the visuals, yeah, they've sharpened them a touch. I think some of the texture work might have been artificially sharpened rather than redone. Like, you know, they've taken a Photoshop filter to it or something. Kind of like what we did with making, like, revolt levels, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, some of the, like, some of the, there's that blur effect in particular sometimes just really doesn't work. It's the old sort of, it's the old style motion blur effect where they take the last frame and just sort of fade it out over time. Um, but do that with over several frames and things like that. So, it's, but weirdly, it's all because it's all sharpened now. It's like that blur effect doesn't look quite so blurry as I suppose it's intended. It's strange. Sometimes it works right. okay. Sometimes it looks rubbish. During the intro sequence, all it seems to do is tank the frame rate for a moment, <laughs> which is bizarre. Um, and then there are some decisions that I actually really quite like. Like there's the the, the you know the up in res is obviously a benefit. Um, but the and the, the fact that like the, the original didn't GameCube version didn't do any mip mapping on textures. So at a distance thing, things had that sort of Zelda grain. Oh yeah, look. yeah. And they've kept that, 
And okay. I'm kind of like, and I'm kind of like, well, that's all right. I still kind of dig it. Yeah. It's like there's, there's, a, there's a nostalgic element firing in. Sure, yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, non-alias textures. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, non-anti-alias textures in any way. It was just like no anisotropic right. filtering applied here. Yeah, I'm on board with this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's a grab bag. Like the visual, the visuals are a grab bag of okay and terrible. There's, It's just a weird missed opportunity. Like, no. What a there have been like, like yeah like, they could have done this like years ago right like if they had figured out how to get the DSs to connect to the three DSs as controllers to connect to some central hub. Yeah. Well, it's because it was when you they might have even been able to pull it off on the Wii U man you had a whole other screen controller. <laughs> well, it was when they did the um the Monster Hunter that could use the 3DS Monster Hunter that could use a Wii as a server, a Wii U as a server essentially. Right. It's like that's what Crystal Chronicles should have been right? It, you're just running the base game on the on the console and then having the 3DS's link in. I mean, it wouldn't I guess they've tried to be helpful for people that might not have a crew to play with, but I think it's fine to play out a game where that's one of the caveats. It's like, guys, have friends. Well, I mean, the, the real answer is just do both. <laughs> it's like there's yeah, ways they could have quite easily solved the problem with like, ha- like having special ver- like saves that integrate the d- other people's characters into them. Or just invite people to make, even if they couldn't go that far for some technical reason and they're, and they're stuck with the save structure as it is, just let people make characters in your save file. And just invite people, like invite players, to take control of a character in your save, in your save. Yeah. What's wrong with that? It's like it solves the story problem. Well, then everyone's playing together. And it doesn't quite solve the story problem though, because they'd still need to implement a way for the other players to see the like main map and the story sequences and all that stuff. Well, yeah, but they, what I mean is, you invite them into your session for the mm. whole session, rather than each bloody level being an individual session. Yeah, but I mean that's what they didn't do though, right? They didn't they, they didn't, didn't make a multiplayer system for anything that's not walking around in the map <laughs> world um, yeah. levels. Yeah. It is It is one of the weirdest things I've seen for a while. Let's be honest. Like it's one of the weirdest remakes because it's just no decision they've made is a good one. Which then had Zach, you know, you were like, it's making me want to play the original. <laughs> yeah. Really? You're going to break it all out? Have you yeah, even got, got enough g- stuff? Like, to yeah, make it work? I think I've got cables. it all. I think I've got enough GBAs and the cables and the GameCube and the game, obviously. I've still got my old saves somewhere. You might not have enough batteries. <laughs> well, I don't know. I might do now. <laughs> I've got quite a lot of batteries. There's a, whole, there's a whole stash of about 24 Amazon Basics AAs sat on my desk right now. You're all prepared. I'm, I'm ready. Well, and one of them has a ba- one of them has a uh, mains battery pack anyway plugged into it. So you can if that plug still works, yeah. Ugh. Square. Right. What else have you been doing? Positive notes. Uh, I'm still having fun with Valorant. I'm not playing it quite so much. Which is probably mm-hmm. a good thing. But. Um, uh, yeah, I'm st- still enjoying that. I don't really want to say too much about it. It was it was interesting that they they had they've been having trouble with um, boundary glitches with some characters. So they did a fix a while back to make the entire outskirts of the level of like a um, 
have an extra boundary at the start of the round so people can't escape and then escape back in yeah. um, <laughs> to get an advantage. Um, but apparently there was still a glitch with Omen's teleport ability where there's a way of getting outside the level. So for a little while, they just took him out of the game. <laughs> and it's like, well, we haven't we haven't solved this yet. We don't quite know how to we don't know how to solve it quite yet. So we're just taking him out, and it's like, okay, <laughs> that's kind of that's a that's a novel way of doing it. I like I kind of kind of got behind it. It's just like fine, like this character's glitched out at the moment. No, don't do it. <laughs> we'll make sure you can't do it. Sensible. Yeah, I I kind of dug it. Um, there's some there's some weird tricks of Omen that I I, I I suppose you know this is, this is kind of my ignorance and why I'm kind of a low tier player of this sort of thing. But I keep seeing there's a there's a there's a trick you can do of Omen where with his teleport where you can fire it and begin a teleport, but then you've still got a little bit of movement before the teleport kicks in, so you can fool people where you're going. Like they'll jump around a corner and then change direction suddenly, and the teleport will happen, and they're actually still going the direction they were originally facing, but it looked like they turned around. And it's like, wait, what's just happened? How did he? Ah, oh, weird. It's like because of that delay in execution of the teleport, right. and it's. I think it's hilarious, but also in the same breath, it's super frustrating if someone does that <laughs> against you. He's just like, oh, you got me good. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so that's 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 Valorant. Um, uh, yeah, let's talk about the two new things I've been playing. Um, Spiritfarer came out on Game Pass, uh, which is that wholesome management sim that was in the Wholesome Direct uh, earlier this year uh, about you managing a boat in this sort of limbo land, I guess, filled with spirits that aren't quite yet ready to move on from this halfway house world, and you have to help them i guess make peace with their past i think is the is the angle they're going for no right. bixby, bixby i don't want to make peace with my past go away um who'd want that <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible um but yeah so you, you want to try and get them into some sort of happy place i guess is the idea and then you help them pass on or the game actually does explicitly say pass away so i'm guessing this is death yeah um uh you know, there's, there's, I say, I'm guessing it's sort of heavily implied in places. Um, uh, yeah, and so you're, you're, you know, you're sailing around the world, and with your weird boat, which you just sort of building vert. It's like Sim Tower in some respects, and then you're just putting buildings on it vertically, because um, you know it's 2D. Yeah, uh, and you, you, know, you play it sort of platformy style, uh, and it's, I'm kind of drawn in. Like I don't know, it's, it's one of those like hard to stop because there's always one more thing you can do type games it's setting you goals and resources you need and things to build to make your uh guests happy um but there's 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 you know most of the goals are like just out of reach like sometimes they're as simple as go somewhere or other times it's like okay you need some you need some some of this material to build the thing they want, and it's like, yeah. like I've never seen that material before. So how do <laughs> right. I find that material? Or I oh I found some iron ore, but I don't know how to make iron ingots yet. All oh, right, so I've probably got to upgrade my boat so I can build a for- a forge <laughs> on my boat, <laughs> and uh, 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 so I can make iron ingots out of all this ore I've got hanging around. Or or I need to upgrade my kitchen so I can cook a specific meal for a specific person. Um, and stuff like that, and it's so it's it, there's always that just one more thing kind of hook 
to it that that you know that works. I mean, Zach, you must know that feeling, right? Management games. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I can just yeah. do that. It's the Viva Pinata problem. There's one more thing I can just get done before I stop playing this. Just one more turn, and then, and then another hour goes by. It's uh, it's one of those. Uh, it's yeah, it's super calming to play. There's no real. Yeah, there's no real threat. There's, yeah. there's no, there's no, there's no threat. It's just yeah, get, get through. Um, uh, it's a bit. The gnome had a problem. Like I played it for the first few hours of it with with gnome in the room, uh, and she found the, that's that's the wholesomeness, or shall we say the, what's a good word for volume of saccharin, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like 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 vibes, saccharinicity. I'm gonna call it. Um, uh, that. That's a classic <laughs> Rob word. Sacrinicity. <laughs> um, Excellent. I'm, I'm gonna. She found that a little much, and was just sort yeah. of like, you know, yeah. a little bit, you know, the sort of vomit much. There's a yeah. lot of hugging going on, especially at the start of the game. And all of, oh, it's good to see you. Oh, you'll do well. Oh, no hugging, and, no learning. <laughs> well, no, yeah, hugging's like a vital mechanic, like this, yeah, of course. The game because because a hug puts everyone in a slightly better mood. But you can only yeah. hug everyone every so often to, as a, as a as a mood bonus. And like otherwise, they'll just turn around and be like, not right now. <laughs> and it's uh, I, so yeah, I can I can sort of get that, but the the. I don't know. It's easy. It's easy going. Good game we'd be playing right now. I reckon it'll probably play pretty good, decent on Switch, right? Yeah, it makes one sense. Of those, it's one of those well games well suited to the Switch. Yeah. Although I will say I'm I'm playing it on the on my X Bone, you know, original edition Bone, and there are parts of it that can get quite choppy, which I find quite surprising. It's not doing a lot visually. Yeah. You know, or, or anything I'd say was particularly intense. Um, so it's a little surprising when you see the frame rate start to chug. Um, doesn't really detract too much from the experience. It's just, uh, you know, if I'm going to be picky, that's the thing. Yeah, fair. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm kind of, kind of, kind of enjoying it. Let's see, see how long it... I mean, I've, I've already upgraded my boat size most of the way through the tree, but my rest of my crafting... Stuff is lagging way behind, so I don't oh. know if I'm playing it weird. But then, like the boat size upgrades are only like money, and money's not that hard to come by. Uh, it doesn't really require resources to do that. Um, whereas, you know, updating my crafting table requires, or my blueprint table, sorry, requires resources to do. Yeah. And you can fish for eternity if you want. So there's that. I mean, there's not an item called eternity that comes out of the ocean. <laughs> fish but, for eternity. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's Spirit Fair. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying my time with that um, at the moment. Um, and the other new release I played was uh, Don't Nods. Tell me why. Tell me why. Uh, ain't nothing but a <laughs> I'm gonna get copyright flagged there. <laughs> Because we were so we were so we were so on we were so in sync right then. So that's not right. It's battery boys, isn't it? Anyway, uh, yeah, tell me why. Don't nod. Uh, don't nod to the team behind Life is Strange. Um, primarily, I'm sure they then you know, the adventures of Captain Spirit leading into Life is Strange 2. And I think they did some other series. I can't remember what it is now. Um, in between those two. Um, but yeah, they, they've kind of taken over in a weird or the, the kind of the, the, the other side of the coin to tell tales. Um, 
adventure story stuff you know that genre of game i guess um wander around talk to people except um uh these were a bit more don't nod's approach was quite a bit more grounded in reality uh, aside you know they'd always have a or life is strange the first season of it anyway had a bit of a supernatural element with max being able to turn back time and see some stuff uh and, th and this is no exception but they they try and ground the baseline of their stories kind of in more human emotion i guess go for the angst go for the feels uh and they're trying that again here um the twist being that it's a story about twins um one of which is revealed right at the start of the game killed their mum 10 years ago uh, and the twins haven't seen each other since then so this is them coming back together and being and their sort of reunion tour to try and pick up their old lives and clean up after themselves now that they're a bit older a bit wiser and one of them is no longer a girl but is now a boy uh which is the game's main theme it's about a trans character like and why that may have been the reason the their mother went crazy and why they ended up killing her um things like that and that's that's the tale that's the mystery you're trying to unravel um is like going back there to see if like what really happened why why was your mom brandishing a gun that night why was why did it play out like that uh what then follows uh, what seemingly from the outset feels like it should be an important game right it's like they're doing that I, I talked about it a little i touched on it a little bit in my last of us two thing it's like yeah it's kind of on trend by pushing <laughs> oh, that sounds way harsher than i mean it but you know what i mean it's pushing this idea which is probably important for the industry and probably important for a lot of people who want to uh, explore a game of these themes and things like that the problem is, is i think it's dreadfully dull like i don't think it's written well i think it's super slow i don't think the interactions feel very human i think their framework in which they built the game is now like this isn't just my opinion someone else was saying like oh it's an interesting idea built on an aging framework and it's like yeah no kidding the game it doesn't look good it doesn't run well it's glitchy as all hell i've had it bug out though so i've had to replay an replay an entire scene when i'd got to the end of the scene and it didn't give me the prompt to carry it on, so I was literally stuck. And then I tried to reload the game and be like, it'll sort itself out, right? Most games sort themselves out when you just exit and reload in. It. It's like, no, it had, it had loaded the glitch exactly as I had it before. And it's like, oh, god damn, really? <laughs> that's, that's all aside. Like, 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 in some ways, the glitchiness is the least of this game's problems. I just don't think the story is very good. It's like, it's so slow. I've only played chapter one, and it was like three hours, two, maybe three hours long. Um, and nothing really happens. <laughs> you get one revelation towards the end. It's just a whole lot of exposition about characters, and maybe it, it goes somewhere in chapters two and three. But there is no, there, I don't know, there, there, is, there is no hook here. There's no intrigue. And I feel, uh, and I, and I, I feel like a game trying to tackle this topic should probably have had a bit more. I don't know. You're all gone very quiet. <laughs> it probably depends on whether 
whether this is the whole point, whether it's like they're going for an incredibly slow setup, so when the drama happens, it's more dramatic. Yeah. What do you think? So, uh, maybe. I mean, the, 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 the sort of... The way the mystery, I think, is going to be uh, revealed is uh, the twins have have a sort have sort of a power because you know twins they're weird yeah. right um uh, telepathy so they or have, something yeah, kind of yeah they have their voice which is basically right. they can talk to each other telepathically so they can have conversations in the middle of a conversation <laughs> to be to try and get the upper hand on their on their people they're talking to which you know if you think about it in real life it'd be real weird because it would just be like really weird silence <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which they don't really explain away. Um, sometimes they're just like, yeah, it's fine. We're, no one's saying anything right now other than these two sort of looking at each other, side-eyeing. It's like the pauses for for uh, the laugh track in uh, sitcoms, if you edit that. Yeah, out. yeah. It's just so weird. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, so there's that. And they can also, they're having this, their, their new thing is they, they can... Uh, for some reason they feel memories every now and then and you can replay them in a sort of fuzzy particle form um, oh okay and they're, so they're sort of seeing parts of their own past but every now and then you, I've only really seen seen this happen once or maybe twice um, during the first chapter you get a you get a choice where the twin each twin remembers it slightly differently um, okay. And they're like that, and it's like, well, which one do you think was the was was the most likely memory? Uh, and then that will play out. Uh, you play the story slightly differently. Most of those have tended to be like, oh, it changes the trust level between the two twins, and the or it will affect a stat that you'll get. You, I don't know. Do you remember the Telltale games? Like after a chapter, yeah. it would be like, oh, seventy-two percent of players managed to learn the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this scene, and I was like. Ah, balls! I'm one of the other twenty-eight percent then, because I made the wrong choice <laughs> during that scene. It's like, well, what does that mean? Probably nothing, because they've all got a diamond in at some point, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but it's like my, um, you're just doing a lot of mundane stuff. Like up to that point, like wandering around, looking at things, and hearing some bad dialogue about that thing. It's like, no, it's, there's there's elements to it where it's quite. Like the whole the whole way you learn that Tyler is a transgender character is quite nice. You learn it within the first minute. Like if you just look at the right thing in the starting place, it's like, yeah. oh right, cool, I get it. Yeah, and like you you immediately understand that character. And it's like, great, okay, well done. You didn't have to tell me that, even though the game probably you know, <laughs> spells it out later. Yeah, but it's like you know you could you could learn that by just looking in the environment and be like, all right, cool, I immediately know where this game sits, <laughs> and it's like fantastic. Um, Nice bit of set dressing, uh, but I don't know. You don't have to tiptoe around it so much. Just just get to the meat. <laughs> bit of entertainment uh, after all. Exactly. Like there's I a lot it. of catching. There's a lot of catching up, and there's a lot of like, well, you remember this time I did this thing, and it's like that's not going to be narratively relevant later on. Like super like, clunky exposition. Yeah, or even little things like the direction of how a scene plays out and how the like there'll be a very long establishing shot of the car rolling into town, for instance, at one point during the first during this first chapter, and 
you and you get a sort of passing look at a, at a new character uh, like that, that you'll talk to in a moment, and uh, and and but the, then instead of just being like the car could have been pulling into the driveway whilst you were looking, you know, whilst the camera panned around and you saw the other character standing there, something like that. No, the camera then cuts back and you get to see the car very slowly pull into the parking space. Right. And you're just sat there waiting for this to play out. And then they pose that the engine turns off and then they have a little chat to each other. And it's like, well, could, this could have been slicker, right? This yeah. could have been edited together in, with, with less of a weird delay. And it's quite a few moments like that where it's just like they're letting you, I guess they're, letting you live the scene but it's like a bit of me is like i'm not playing this to live the scene i'm playing this to, like they're kind of like movies to me or they're kind of like tv shows i want to i don't have to be in the scene for this for this, for this slow car drive yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's 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 rough around the edges for sure and it's like i don't think yeah the look of the games are very current you know, it, it, it looks exactly as Life of Strength One did. You know, that's not the tech hasn't moved on. They've got the Telltale problem, right? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a bit antiquated the technology. Mm. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think what else I what else I've been doing really. Oh God, God, of course, Battletoads. <laughs> How could I forget Battletoads? Man, I guess because that game's not very long and I finished it real quick. Um, I... Hmm. <laughs> about Battletoads. Because it's... It's a... It's a bizarre game. Not in the universally terrible, bizarre way that Crystal Chronicles is. Yeah. But it's a weird, weird product. Like, alright, Battletoads. Back in the day, 2D beat-em-up, right? Yeah, fine. Made by Rare. Classic NES game. There's an arcade game as well. Um, you can play them both in Rare Replay. If you're on Game Pass, you can go enjoy both of those. Um, the, the So this is a reboot of the franchise, and they've they've Saturday morning cartooned it, right? Like modern Saturday morning mm. cartooned it. Well, modern kids cartoon style. So it's the, 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 the humor is very rapid when they're talking. Mm. It is you know, it's hyper-paced. But then the level of production they've put into these cartoon cutscenes is really quite high. Like, it's like it, it, it's almost indistinguishable from a proper cartoon at times. Like, it's... Uh, and it's genuinely funny at times as well. Like, it, like the writing's not, not terrible. I mean, not every joke lands, because it's... It's pretty surreal. <laughs> like, in, 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 in some aspects. It's like, they jump around quite a bit. Um... For instance, that like, let's talk about the opening of the game. Like the first stage mm. is a classic beaten up stage, um, but it becomes apparent towards the end that all of it has taken place inside a fantasy realm that the toads have been locked in for the last twenty six years. And it's like, hey, twenty six years—that's a weirdly familiar date, isn't it? Is that mm. amount, amount of time since the last Battletoads game? Oh yeah, it is. Oh uh, yeah, um, <laughs> gets quite self referential like that at the start of the game. Um, yeah, so it turns out they've been living in a, in, a, in a fantasy world just for them for the last 26 years, and they get broken out of it, and uh, no one knows who they are. And it's like, so you then, then have to play a little mini-game sequence where they have, as the stage is called, menial jobs. <laughs> and it's, right. like, it's like, so there you are, acting out doing office work, uh, or, 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 or having some guy do a massage on someone. And it's like, 
okay, tonal shift, but I'm kind of into this. And then they're panicking about what to do about, oh, we need to, like, how do we become famous again? What do we do? Like, we're living in an apartment with a train line running through it for some reason. Um, and I'm wearing a diaper for some reason because I'm so depressed. Uh, and then you go on a quest, then you get the turbo <laughs> pack. Fat diet. Um, is, uh, this, is this made by Rare, then? Who's, who's made no, this? No, it's not made by Rare. Um, I, uh, Delala, I think, is, the, is okay. the studio behind it, who I don't recognize. Right. Um, but yeah, tonally it's bizarre. But then, okay, let's talk about the beat em up section first, mm. because I, you, you could, uh, there's more beat em up than anything else in the game. I'll explain what I mean by that in a bit. And it's uh, the, so the, I don't think the beat em up is particularly well crafted. Like it's fine. I think it's clearly designed for more than one player at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a bit of a problem right now. <laughs> you know, I need, I need more. I need more players. I think to to, to experience this properly. Right. Because um, there's just a lot going on. Like the screen is very busy. There's a lot. There's a lot of enemies to fight. There's a lot of things that, and there's a lot to keep track of. Um, and the visuals in their in their comic, you know, their ca- cartoon style, they look good, but there's just a lot going on. Like it's hard. It's hard for your mind to track, especially when you start getting the projectile enemies, uh, which are quite hard to dodge and they take a ton of life off if you get hit um i'm playing in the like whatever the middle difficulty was mm. um and it's uh, uh it becomes it becomes quite a quite a hard thing to keep track of them so and the dodge your dodge doesn't seem massively effective it's like you can still get you have a dodge which i suppose is not all that common in 2d beat ups but uh there's I think you can still get hit during a good portion of the dodge animation. Like if there, if there are invincibility frames, it doesn't feel like there's many of them because it's like, I'll, I'll try and dodge through a projectile. Cause I think I can do that. And you can't, you have to dodge. You, you do have to dodge out of the way of that, but that makes projectiles really evil because they can, you'll be in the middle of beating someone up and you've got to try and animation cancel at the right time to dodge out of the way of the thing. So you don't, you don't necessarily want to commit to too many heavy attacks because then you're going to get buggered by that. And then, as I say, a lot of the fights are quite busy, so it's you're not really using the full combo set necessarily. It's, it's just a lot. It's just a lot to take in. It's, um, the stages are really long as well, sometimes like 15 minutes or more for an individual stage. Um, uh, and I think that's some of the problem with Battletoads overall. A lot of the stages are very long, a lot of the segments you're doing. This is where it gets weird. Only five levels of the game are beat-em-up levels. Right. That the is rest weird, is a, given The rest is a whole grab bag of other gameplay styles. Oh, okay. Weird. Like, so there are, there are three levels in the game are shmups. Yeah. <laughs> All okay. of them in Act 3. <laughs> um, th- like, three levels of the game are platformers. Like, just straight-up 2D platformers. Uh, uh, with no combat, <laughs> it's just you get you get you try and get to a place in the in, in an environment. Uh, two of the levels are turbo bike stages. There's uh, there's three or four weird cutscene levels that are just like play out this scenario um, uh, that, that's happening on screen. A couple of which are re- uh, like one of which is just a funny joke and is like, oh, I see what you did there. That's actually pretty clever. Um, one of those is actually really quite. Oh, a couple of those are really quite clever, um, and, and just you know, so left field. You're just like, what am I doing right now? Oh, right. Okay, I kind of get it. But that's, that's bizarre and funny and kind of cool. 
Um, but, and, and it's making me play them as a game. It's like, that's kind of interesting. It's not just a scene that played out. You're making me do it. That's cool. Um, uh, and, and then there's one level in particular at the end of Act 3 that I actually think is really, really good in that it's kind of a, a, like a space team style thing where your, your ship is, try, is, is failing and you're, you have yeah. to reboot it. By, uh, like you get a whole screen of stuff in front of you and there's a sequence of like which panel you've got to do in what order. And so, but they're all done in symbolically. So it's like the symbol, the a symbol appears, and it's like, okay, which panel is that symbol? Right. So you find that panel, and it's like, okay, then what is it? What is it asking me to do here? And there'll be little symbols on that panel to be like, oh, right, this is okay. This one's simple. I only have to move the left stick in sequence at once. Then you've got others that are like a move a dude around a maze to collect some floppy disks, and <laughs> others which are like hold the triggers at the right level. And you're doing all of this against a time limit, and it's actually really good actually and it's just a single level in the game it's like a throwaway thing you do once and then it never never comes up again and it's like it is madness (laughs) it's like the game is madness but like uh, i don't think any it's one of those games where i'm not sure any one bit apart from that is hugely well executed yeah but it's a ride yeah yeah i mean it keeps surprising you, I guess. Yeah. And, like, is good enough. Like, it's not like, oh, no, what the hell is this bit? Yeah. As I say, I think the, I think the beat-em-up sections are probably the weakest ones, and it's a oh, couple right, of the bosses yeah. in that in particular are... One of them in particular is just garbage. Um, just no fun and hard to tell what's going on, and it doesn't give you a lot of time to do the things it's asking you to do, which is kind of fine it's battle toads it's supposed to be hard but i think the visuals are what make it hard rather than the actual gameplay if you see what i mean it's hard to see where you are or what you're dodging um uh yeah and aside from one well, there's one left field turn in the story that i really don't understand where it came from it just suddenly appears out of nowhere and you're okay. just like i'm doing this now why and now those characters... Am I supposed to have known those characters? I... Okay. And it just, there's, just one, there's just one moment like that where it's just like, I have no idea what I'm doing now. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I sort of figured out the mini game you're making me play, but I don't <laughs> understand yeah. why I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, and then the story just carries on, and you're like, right? Right. <laughs> Aside from that one moment, I... I yeah, I... I, I enjoyed my time with it, uh, and I'm glad towards towards the back half of the game they actually kind of don't make you do the beat 'em up stuff that much. Like, yeah, it's because it's kind of front loaded. Move on from that stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a bizarre cool. thing, but but yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I quite like. I think it would be worth playing through again, and because it's not very long, it's like four, maybe five hours, I guess. Um, maybe less, actually. Thinking about it, you could probably blitz it if you were if you were good at it. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I reckon I can get get a couple of friends together, play it free play. Could be a right laugh, especially to, especially if you're playing it with people that haven't done it before. Right, because they're not going to know what to expect from the craziness. Uh, yeah, because just yeah, some, some of the mini games. I mean, if you're playing it one player, you're doing everything. But when you're some of the mini games, like clearly, have yeah, it's it, one player does one section, then it will switch to the next player to do this other thing. Oh, right, okay. Rather than player one doing it all. Um, yeah, what a weird, what a weird game that is. Like, but it's it's fascinating. 
Battletoads. Yeah, refine the beat em up and let me have another one. Seriously. Oh, well, maybe they will. Yeah. A success in an in an unexpected way. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I you know, it's hard for me to say it's a it's a it's a top quality product. It's not. It it's got a lot of problems, but it's it's it yeah. in a, in a in a strange twist of the Rob review. I still kind of liked it, even with all those problems, and that, that I I've spent more time talking about good than bad. How about that? It's got heart. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll do me. Cool. Wow, lots of games. Mm. Uh, cool. Um, Running long. Yeah. Well, I've not been playing anything, but Tony Hawk's has come out, so, <laughs> and I've got some time off, so <laughs> I will tell you all about that next time, hopefully. It sounds like it's very good. Very good is good. Now, <laughs> now I just need Star Wars Quadrants to be good, and I'm all good. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm I'm happy in a couple of, uh, in a few days time. Hotshot Racing comes out. That's oh. like, um, no texture Sega like racing game. Oh um, right, yeah, we need called, these games. Used to be like... called Racing Apex, and it's like yeah, that's coming out. And not only is it coming out, it's coming out on Game Pass. Hell yeah! When do we get Art of Rally? And I don't know. No, I don't think they've announced official dates for that stuff. Dangerous Driving Two. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if that's if that's good. Yeah, if it's good. Yeah. Oh, cool. That'll be a podcast. And um, yeah, we are continuing to play Return of the Oberdrin. So check that out on YouTube, along with Zach's amazing Factorio, uh, basically tutorials. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another Saladcast. How to factory good, indeed. If you want to know that, check out YouTube. Catch you next time, listeners. Good night. Bye.